Hey guys, Riley here. I just wanted to pop on and say hi before we get into this week's episode. Um, I like doing these little mini updates as a way to stay connected while I'm taking my extended break for the month of June. Um, So yeah, I hope you guys are all staying healthy, staying safe out there. Um, I hope that you are continuing to do Black Lives Matter related work so that whether that means protesting, calling people, sending emails, making donations, having conversations with your loved ones. Um, I hope we're all continuing the work. It's a lifelong process, so I just, you know, want to reiterate that. Um, This week's episode is going to be a re-release of the Real Housewives of New Jersey episode I did with Sonia of Rewind the Love. Um, She and I had this conversation last fall. Um, We actually, we did this entire episode twice because I lost the entire first recording. So Sonia is an angel for agreeing to re-record the entire episode with me again. Um, So yeah, I hope you guys really enjoy all of that. And before we get into the episode itself, I wanted to give a quick little shout out to Sonia's actual personal Instagram. I don't know if she gives that at the end um, when she gives her plugs. I definitely know she'll plug her podcast Instagram. But if you don't follow her on her personal Instagram and you are looking for more ways uh, to get involved, more resources, um, especially if you're local to New Jersey, she has been posting a lot of information on her stories. Um, She's also um, been highlighting it. So that is just one way that you can find some resources. So you can find her on Instagram. Her name is Sone Marcelfi. So that's spelled S-O-N-M-A-R-S-E-L-F-E-E. All right, guys, enjoy this, this week's episode. Um, one more re-release next week, and then we I'll be back in July with new episodes. Bye. Is this chicken what I have, or is this fish? What are you? An idiot sandwich. Idiot sandwich what? An idiot sandwich, Jeff Ramsey. I was rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. How dare you? Congratulations, you're a meathead, son, but you know what? Don't ever put your hands on my underwear. This Where's the last Yeah, I mean, you really don't make friends around here, do you? I... I didn't come here for that. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Snap Back to Reality, the podcast dedicated to the trash TV we grew up with and love to hate. I'm your host, Riley Ennis, and this is episode 38. And joining me for this episode, I have another very special guest, um, another one of my favorite podcasters and an actual angel. I have Sonia of Rewind the Love. Hi, Riley. I'm so excited to be here. Well, be back. (laughs) All right, guys. It's finally happened to me. I feel like it happens to every podcaster at least once. Knock on wood for anyone that hasn't experienced this yet because I don't wish it on anyone, but we recorded an entire episode and I lost it and it's gone. So re-recording, so full disclosure, we have done this one time, but you know, sometimes I feel like it happens, it goes better on the re-record, so. I mean, that's how I was starting this when we were chatting before we started recording, is that I realized last time, so I have a mug my husband made up of my dream taglines if I were to ever become the first black Real Housewife of New Jersey, (laughs) and I have a very specific order, so I'm going to read them to you now on air. So on one side, because I, I, this is my introduction, it is half black, half white, all bitch. <laughs> and my second one is why be nice when you can be right. Okay, yeah, I like that. That is hilarious. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm, I'm so ready for this moment. So. <laughs> 
So obviously, guys, we're doing Real Housewives of New Jersey. Um, and if you couldn't tell, Sonia is from New Jersey. Yes. So she has a whole stake in this. Yep. So Not even from Jersey. I'm from Bergen County, which is where these ladies are from. I basically uh, grew up within 15, 20 minutes from where a lot of this happens. In fact, the first sign marker on the show, like of the entire series, as well as you know in this episode right before the famous dinner uh are both exits <laughs> for my town so you have experience not just with the show as a fan but also just like with the peep the kinds of people who are being showcased yes this actually is a lot like people i have known my entire life <laughs> for better or for worse um this is definitely a lot of this is relatable content for you know my experience some of it is some of it isn't but more of it than I think most people around here are willing to admit so um being a fan of the show like what was your experience watching this were you a fan from the beginning like where were you when Real Housewives of New Jersey started from the beginning I think some of that came from thinking to myself you know like oh this is my area I want to see if I recognize anything and you know and it just ended up being such a such an experience i saw somebody tweet the other day that uh teresa has had like one of the most cinematic character arcs i think in the history of any housewife uh who she is in this era of housewives time that we're talking about today versus who she is today two completely different people and it's been such an interest like life came at her real fast <laughs> let's put it that way life <laughs> came at her very fast um, yeah, so that's basically all that I knew about Real Housewives of New Jersey. I didn't know any of the plot or any of the other like featured housewives. I knew Teresa obviously because she is just like a cultural icon, and I've I've known about like her being in prison. Like I knew yes. that happened just through being aware of pop culture. But I was completely blind going into this. I had no other kind of housewives experience with this cast whatsoever. And this is a confusing one to not have any experience with. <laughs> uh, like, because I was watching it before with my husband and he was like, so who's related to who again? And I'm like, we've literally gone over this so many times. I think at one point I drew up uh, like an org chart <laughs> of like who's related to who because... For those who don't know, two of the castmates at the time of season one are sisters. Plus, one of them is a sister-in-law because those two sisters' brother is also affiliated with the show. And then they leave, and then Teresa's sister and Teresa's co- Teresa's sister-in-law and Teresa's cousin join at some point, and it's just it's so much. Yeah, it was very confusing watching this. So this is going to be like how I've done my Real Housewives of New York episodes in the past, where I just watch the one single episode without context. But this time it's going to be different because I have Sonya to fill me in on the context. So obviously the first time around when we recorded, I didn't know anything. Now I've been filled in once, but I still have like what my first impressions were and like what I was thinking and what I was confused about when we when I was first watching this. So I think it'll still yes, be good. I have the attention span of a goldfish, so uh, I... For all I know, I completely forgot like a significant portion of the conversation. So this works out great. <laughs> I know. I every I think everyone just goes into a fugue state when you record. Right. So I have no idea what we actually right, said. Exactly. It'll be yeah. it'll be like new all over again. So <laughs> basically. All right. So we'll go into the background really quickly. There's not a lot because it's real housewives, like I've done them before. It's the same thing. It's Andy Cohen, right? Uh so this installment uh, premiered in May of 2009 so it's just over 10 years old now 
It's the fourth installment in the Real Housewives franchise. And when it was airing, it was actually the first installment to feature siblings because Beverly Hills came later, the Richard sisters came later. So that was really confusing watching this because it was like, I guess not only I didn't know who was related to who, I this was like the first time they were ever featuring anyone who was related to anyone. Yes. It's, it's definitely a lot, especially because once you throw sister-in-laws in there, I think mm-hmm. the only thing, the only constant thread that helps you keep track is they all, like the the Loritas all have giant blue eyes. <laughs> so that's like the easiest way I feel like to keep track of who's related to whom. All right, so I wouldn't have clocked that on my <laughs> own. So I'd have to I'll have to go back and check that out and see if that helps at all. Um so there have been a few spinoffs that came from New Jersey specifically, uh Caroline Manzo, one of the cast members and also one of the sisters who are related to the other one, Stina. Um, her children, Albie and Chris, had a web series called Boys to Manzo. <laughs> I'm sure it was very popular. They're so corny. <laughs> <laughs> and I forgot if I... I'm oh, sorry. I forgot if I brought this up. I think I brought this up during the last episode that my husband... I keep bringing him up. This is so annoying. My husband's prom date... <laughs> was on the Millionaire Matchmaker episode with the Manzo boys and was one of the women in contention to go on a date with, uh, what's his name, Chris Manzo. Is that a- <laughs> this is new information oh to me. God, I didn't I know this. I didn't know if I had mentioned it before. It's like it's like the dumbest flex, but it is like my <laughs> Real Housewives of New Jersey connection. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> um, so... Not only that, Caroline also had a spinoff of her own called Manzoed with Children, because they love a pun here. (laughs) That ran for three seasons. And then there was also Teresa Checks In, which was like a little three-episode special just showing how the whole Judice family was kind of coping with the aftermath of Teresa being sentenced to prison. Yeah, that one I actually did watch uh, just because I was curious to see how the family was doing, like... (laughs) I don't know. I did. I'm saying I'm like laughing about it, but I do feel bad. I felt bad for the kids. I do. I still feel bad for the kids. Yeah, that's tough to deal with, like just being a part of that. And they had nothing to do with anything. So that like their dad, I don't know if he's I forgot his deportation status at the moment. But the fact that it's in limbo that he may have to leave the country is like shitty for them. Yeah, it's his own fault. But what are you going to do? It's stressful. Yeah, for the children. They didn't ask for that. So. So this episode we are talking about is, of course, the iconic table flip episode. I feel like we couldn't do any other one. Um, but I don't know. There is an episode of the introduction to Teresa's sister-in-law and brother is them getting into a fucking brawl at a catering hall at the baby's christening. So, I mean, <laughs> if there's a follow-up to any of it, like, I think that definitely, because what, talk about kicking things off with a bang but this one is definitely the most iconic obviously i love that these people really just are not afraid to fight around children no qualms about it whatsoever not not (laughs) but this is iconic so this is the one we're talking about it's season one it's episode six which i guess season one has like a short season yeah it was unsettlingly short and then because the next episode is the the redux you know the extended cut of this fight and then it's the reunion <laughs> and then that's the whole season 
Yeah, so it's kind of crazy because of something that you will get into in a second, but that you told me later on. But uh, so this is just called finale. It's the fun- finale, obviously, of season one. Um, and so going into the previously on, this was all of the context that I had for the entire rest of the season watching this. So the previously on, Teresa decides to get a breast augmentation. Uh, she refers to them as her boobies. Mm-hmm. That was a thing which I really loved. <laughs> Stays consistent throughout the episode. Yes. Um, Dina and Danielle, two of the housewives, have had conflict with one another. There's just been rumors that Danielle is a husband stealer, that she was a stripper. So that was a thing. Um, also Danielle and Jacqueline are friends and Caroline and Dina don't like this because Jacqueline is the one who is their sister-in-law, which I did not know (laughs) watching this previously on. I didn't care why they, like, I was like, why do they have such a stake in this woman's friendship? Yeah, now you know. (laughs) Um, and then the big thing is that there is this book that's been going around that alleges Danielle has had some kind of involvement in kidnapping, extortion, possession, um, and Danielle thinks Dina revealed the book to everyone. So going into this, I thought that the book had been like the entire like arc of this season. Like the book was like episode two, let's introduce this and like build from there. Nope, the book is introduced in episode five, which if you remember, <laughs> call back to a couple seconds earlier, uh, is only one episode prior to the one we are speaking about today. <laughs> so it's crazy because that is like, it is such a firecracker like, catalyst of the drama that happens in this episode you would think it was so much more of a thing more of a plot point this episode or this uh season yeah you would think that I mean I I, Dina kind of explains it best where it's like they already had issues with her leading up to it like she just is a very intense person uh she says her introduction to Danielle her introduction to Danielle her introduction to Jacqueline was they were at the same salon and they were Danielle was like oh we talked for like four hours but you can tell that because Danielle is so monopolizing and Jacqueline is so passive that it was probably one of those situations where Jacqueline probably tried to leave several times and Danielle wouldn't let her leave I think actually Jacqueline says at one point the conversation got so in-depth and this is literally the day they met that Danielle was showing her naked pictures of herself on her phone lovely it's it's just a lot so I mean basically it validate in Dina's mind it validate the book validated everything that she had already kind of been feeling about Danielle so that's why it was such a I think why it was became such a thing (laughs) and then my like not having any context from the rest of the season watching this episode I was like poor Danielle they're so mean to her she's she's fucking bonkers and just (laughs) an absolute nightmare but we'll we'll get into a lot of that (laughs) All right, so we get our theme song, and then our first scene that we open with is Teresa. Um, So Dina is coming over to what looks to be Teresa's new house, which is a cavernous mansion of a house. the one she had built because the thought of living in a house that other people have lived in skeeves her out. (laughs) Not other people have died in, just that they've lived there previously. She needs to, like, be the first. I don't know. That's just some new muddy bullshit, I feel (laughs) like. Yeah, the height of privilege. It's like, ooh, yeah, I don't wear the same outfit twice and I won't live in a house where someone else has lived. Yeah, that's probably, that was probably her logic at that time. (laughs) All of that. So Dina brings a housewarming gift of bread and salt because I guess it's like an Italian thing, she says. Uh, Bread so that they always have bread on the table and salt to ward away evil people. And they exchange looks at that because they're both thinking about Danielle. Yep. It's it's coming. It's brewing. It's like this is such a 
calm first half of the episode that you would never think that it devolves into what it devolves into. <laughs> I know, like, I was watching this and I was just like, okay, whatever, like, this is fine, this is boring, and then, like, it hits, like, minute 22 and it's just like, well, bam! Right. But we'll get there. <laughs> Um, so Teresa gives Dina a whole tour of the house. Teresa designed it all herself. Uh, my favorite part of this tour is at one point they walk into this living room area that's just giant and it has these two tiny little couches just sitting there in the middle and it looks very awkward and it's hilarious. No, this house is so, such a front for like all the money they have running through. I don't Teresa opens up the show like not this episode but the show itself by going I heard the economy is crashing that's why I pay for everything in cash this <laughs> explains a lot about where things end up mm, yeah I was like oh, well sure you do <laughs> well and if you do the ill-begotten cash uh also I just want to point this out that one point Dina says to her like you're gonna have Onyx coming out your ass Teresa and I just want to say that Hashtag justice for honest. <laughs> and you should listen to my episode of Rewind the yes, Love to understand it's, that. It'll reference. already be out uh, when this episode when this episode comes out. So go back and listen. Uh, you've certainly given me some things to think about. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh so gosh. anyway, we won't do too much of a crossover there. Um, so Dina says that she kind of has, has a talking head here where she was afraid of what it was going to look like when Teresa was describing everything that she was like had bought or had picked out for the house. But, you know, all in all, she thinks it looks great and she thinks Teresa has great style. So she doesn't really know what she was worried about. And then they go downstairs into the homemade, like the home wine cellar slash wine making room because Joe apparently makes homemade wine. Yes, this is a very Italian thing to do uh our childhood babysitter uh they are like literally from italy like grew up in italy and they made wine in their basement i don't know that's just like something i associate with very italian people i just can't believe when like they go down there and dean is like what is happening here and teresa's like i don't know you have a whole section of your house that you just like don't know what's occurring Especially when it comes to, like, funky smells. Like, I don't know. I guess I watch too much true crime stuff. That I'm like, you can't have a random room that your husband deals in that you have, that you're not allowed near that, like, smells funky. This is why Teresa ended up in prison for a year. Dead at, no, but literally, like, basically she got caught up. And I'm, I don't know if this is, like, literally it. But I'm pretty sure it's just that she got caught up because he was having her sign shit. And she's like, sure, <laughs> sign away. And that's how you get yourself caught up. Yeah, well, so luckily the smell is just, like, the smell of wine. I don't know, yeast, probably. It used to smell really bad when my dad would, like, brew beer at home, so I'm assuming it's probably just, like, the yeast process. I mean, I don't know a ton about it. All I all I really was focused on, well, was one is that I'm definitely with Dina, that, like, if a smell is that bothersome to me, I cannot focus on what you're saying. But, <laughs> but also there is a sign in the back that says the Judices, as in, like, the Judice family home whatever but it it's apostrophe s when it definitely shouldn't be <laughs> maybe they mean well that would still be incorrect no, it's one of those things like the judaises like no, yeah. you're the judais family it's, apostrophe. It, it's not an apostrophe situation but <laughs> happens to the best of us i guess or the worst of us who knows <laughs> i don't ask so much of teresa judais really mm -mm, mm -mm. 
Um, so they go outside. Also, Teresa says, like, as they're going outside, that the doors weigh 300 pounds. And I completely believe her because they are, like, huge museum doors or something. Yeah, giant, massive, like, Willy Wonka chocolate factory doors. <laughs> With, like, gold gilt fucking molding on it right like what was that what was that doorknob like I, to call it a doorknob is a little bit ridiculous but it was like <laughs> an eagle like or a piece of driftwood I don't know what was happening. it was massive yeah uh so they go outside they to drink wine and toast to the new house basically um and then Teresa tells Dina that she wants to have a party I said that really strangely she wants to have a party <laughs> wow I think, uh, I think I think that inflection is correct because it it is unclear why she's having this party (laughs) (laughs) so yeah so she says in a talking head that she wants to have a housewarming party but the house isn't ready yet so they're gonna have a dinner party at one of her favorite restaurants instead um and so of course I like I asked myself I knew the answer but I was like why wouldn't you just wait until your house is ready Teresa uh, no, because they were going to be done filming by then. That's why. <laughs> it's like time to wrap it up. We need a we need a big event to we cap off the season. Which then it like unofficially became a debut of Teresa's boobs. <laughs> so the party yeah. did kind of have a purpose after all. Yes. So we'll get to that though. So um, she tells uh, Dina at this point that she's going to be inviting Danielle to the party as well. Um, and so Dina's like, I don't know why we're forced to have her be a part of our lives, but again, it's. Because Bravo says you have to. Right. Right. Like, I can think of a reason why she's forced to be in your life. Because <laughs> you all signed up to be on a show together. <laughs> um, and then Teresa says in her talking head that she's going to give Danielle the benefit of doubt. She says, do I want to be friends with her? No, but I'm not a rude person. Which is something she says multiple times this episode. So I guess she really, like, takes stock in her status as not a rude person. I don't... <laughs> sure. I guess if you need to tell yourself, it's one of those things, like, if you say you're classy a bunch, which I think is actually a recurring theme in Housewives across the board, is, like, if you need to say that you're classy a bunch, you're very rarely are. If you need to say you're nice this many times, chances are you're not. (laughs) And I feel like if you have to ask if you're being classy, then you're really not. Well, that's, and she literally asked later, was I, was I classy? Well, we'll get to that. That line cracked (laughs) me up, but we'll talk about it. Um, so then we have Danielle. So Danielle gathers up her daughters because she has like a box of pictures she wants to show them, which I guess are modeling shots and acting stills. But all the images are blurred because I guess Bravo doesn't have licensing rights. So we don't actually see any of the pictures that she's showing to her kids in this scene. I think their faces say enough. Uh, that they are bored and they are traumatized. Uh, yes. They kind of shift between looking like they're about to fall asleep and being like, why did, Why are we forced to being sit, to having to sit through this? And also being like, oh my God, mom, I do not need to see this. <laughs> At one point, um, she, she shows something to the younger of the two, Jillian, who is only 10, I think, in this season, this yeah, episode. it is really important to keep that in mind moving forward and what she is exposed to ultimately in terms of the fight. So... Yeah. Oh my God. So yeah, she shows her 10 year old child something that causes her to like widen her eyes and say, oh my God, some of your pictures are like flat down scary. So whatever that was, she wasn't happy. Yeah. She's saying something about like, you know, this was like a hedonistic time and it's like, this is not really the time for a vocab lesson. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, she's telling them, I guess, just trying to give them a little bit of a, a life lesson about the things that you can get wrapped up in in certain industries. And then she kind of uses this also as a segue to talk about the book and the rumors that have been swirling around just surrounding Danielle in general. 
Um, she says in her talking head that the book was a result of a lot of malicious and vindictive behavior from her first ex-husband and she, that she admits to stripping, being arrested, and changing her name, but everything else in the book is a lie. Yeah, I don't entirely buy that. Uh, enter the Kid Miro gif, just sprinkling allegedly's over all of this. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't totally buy that just because she seems like the kind of person who would agree to do stupid shit just because a man told her to i can i can definitely see that she bounces between three different men during the course of like this season alone so it's it's not unreasonable to believe that like being in a relationship is more important to her than making sense yeah and i mean she does say this later on that this was like 25 years ago but if this is how she acts 25 years later than 25 years previously i'm sure she was like a thousand times less mature Yeah, no, you have not achieved a ton of growth. Uh, Danielle, 10 years later, doesn't seem like she's achieved very much growth either, but we can talk about where she's at right now, (laughs) because Jesus Christ. Um, So she's talking to her daughters about the the book and the situation, and then she's kind of being really inappropriate uh, and kind of just saying to them that they need to trust her above anyone else, um, over than, like, something her peers might say or... That is the recurring theme of Danielle's parenting ability, which is like, these children are my friends, but in a way that means I'm going to rely on them emotionally. Uh, Mm -hmm. You can tell sort of in the way Christine responds, just being like, oh my God, how many times do I need to say it? Like, I will trust you above anyone, which it's like, that's not good. Like, yeah. If you have to have that verbal conversation, like, between mother and daughter and not just, like, implicitly you trust your mom. Yeah, I mean, I get, I'm sure, like, being confronted with stuff at school will make it tough, but but then again, like, there's nothing that's in the book that's more embarrassing than having your mom talk about uh, phone sex on television. So, you know, that's... It's it's a parent. I mean, I'm not a parent, so I'm not here to judge. Well, I am, but you know, <laughs> I'm totally here to judge. That's a really unhealthy way to parent. So, yeah. Um, and then Christine, who is also only 14 at this point, too, she's like a young teen. She says in a talking head that whoever found the book must want her mom to be in pain, which is like a horrible that a 14 year old is thinking about like how others are treating her mom. Yes, but also just it sounds so much like you've absorbed the your parent is a victim narrative Mm -hmm. that's true too like it's a balance of both I mean some of it is yes she is the victim of circumstance and there's a good chance she was never really going to ever fit in with these housewives but having a whole book about it doesn't (laughs) (laughs) so um she also talks about how she has been invited to the dinner party and how being at Teresa's dinner party, it'll be the first time she's seen Dina and Caroline since the book came out. Um, I guess at this point, I'll just mention that Danielle is convinced that Dina is the one who exposed the book to everyone or knows that at least Dina and Caroline had something to do with it. So she has an issue with them and she's, I guess she's had an issue with them the entire season though. I mean, it's it struck me as... Danielle feeling like Dina is like the popular in school girl in school that she wants to like her but because Dina's not checking for her like and that hurts her she'd rather be like well you know now we're enemies when Dina's like I'm not checking for you like that like you're making an ass of yourself I don't know that's just how I took it 
<laughs> it seems like she wants to be Dina's friend so bad, and then when Dina kind of rejects her, she like does this complete one eighty and being like, "Dina's the worst person to ever exist." So who knows? Yeah, I mean, I didn't see any of the first part where she was like, "I like Dina. I want to be her friend." So all I see is just like she hates me. She exposed this book side of the Danielle yeah, situation. No, I mean, right. I mean, you thought that the book, you would think that the book is a whole season. You're absolutely right. (laughs) I I assure you that it only came up last week, so to speak. So then the next scene we get is with Jacqueline. Um, So her parents have come to visit from Las Vegas. She says that, I guess she used to live out in Las Vegas. She says that she was worried about getting to see them when she moved to New Jersey, but she sees them every three months, which is a lot, especially for parents that live across the country. I mean, I guess she has enough money that they can probably fly out when they want to, but the parents show up in a camper, so I guess they yes, decided a to spend time taking, like, easily a week to drive across the country. Yeah, that's what her. I was wondering. Is it just, like, every three months they just drive back and forth across the country and it takes them, like, a month and a half to do so? That looks like a nightmare. Like, you, as soon as you got back, you'd probably have to leave again. Like, absolutely not. Um, and also, like, every three months is more than I see my parents, and my parents live, like, three hours away. <laughs> right? Like, I kind of feel like that, too. It's, like, that's a huge commitment. I don't know if I'd be that good about it. I don't know. God, she's a good kid, I guess. <laughs> so, um, inside, Jacqueline, her daughter, Ashley, is slicing up some vegetables, and so then Ashley asks her mom where she got this knife, and so then Jacqueline replies, Pampered Chef Party. So it's just like, oh, lovely. Love that MLM product placement. Yeah, the joke about Botox parties and Pampered Chef, Pampered Chef parties more so, but some of the Botox too, is like, that is so northern New Jersey. <laughs> like, that is so how things went. Like, if your mom was gone on a weeknight, somebody was having a, a jewelry party, a Pampered Chef party, a Mary Kay party, somebody had something. <laughs> so yeah, that's what Jacqueline says to her parents. That's what the women do out here, Botox parties and Pampered Chef parties. Yep. Um, And she tells her parents that she got her lips done uh, and her dad doesn't really love her getting fillers. He says that she's going to look like Goldie Hawn in First Wives Club, which was, I have to admit, not a reference that I understood and I had to Google that image. Wait, have you not seen First Wives Club? No. Oh my God, it's so good. It's so much fun. It and it holds up pretty well, too. And they do a really good Bechdel cast recap on it. But that's besides the point. No, it's cute. You should see it. Okay, good. Yeah, there's like a there's a lot of movies that I haven't seen. Like, if you're going to just, like, get in line behind my husband, who's got, like, Star Wars and Space Jam on the no, list. I was, wait, time out. You haven't seen Space Jam? I know. I know. How old? Wait. I know. I'm, like, poor Space Jam bothers, demographic. Like, I love that that's more, like, concerning to me than Star Wars because I've only seen, like, a couple of them. And, I mean, I'm not really good about seeing a ton of movies either, but uh, Space Jam, I, I don't know if it's worth watching as an adult. This is so far <laughs> from the point. I don't know if it's worth watching as an adult because if you ever really think about the plot, which is Michael Jordan has to save the Looney Tunes from being prisoners of aliens by playing a game of basketball with Bill Murray it sounds so terrible. I cannot believe they got this green lit, but it's it's got a great soundtrack and it's a lot of fun. Then if you just need like a fun little movie to pick up your spirits and be like, yeah, girl power, watch First Wives Club. Okay, great. <laughs> anyway, back to this. <laughs> back to the actual podcast. Um, so she says that... Uh, Dan, yeah, she was at Danielle's house when she got the fillers done, and she just got caught up in the moment because all the other women were doing it too, which makes me wonder who else was there if Danielle supposedly doesn't uh, have so friends. That was on, no, that was on uh, an episode. It was okay. all five of the ladies. 
Okay, so this and is like before the extra, drama. Yeah, so that was an extra strike against Dina that was kind of, I feel like Danielle and Dina, like as much as they clash, it's like I kind of sometimes, it's it was very indicative of how those season has gone, which is like Dina was kind of just being herself and minding her own business and Danielle is kind of taking it a little too personally, but then Dina was also kind of acting like an asshole because like basically Danielle was like oh yeah I'm gonna do this blah 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 let me get my face shot up and Dina was like no like that's not really it's not really me you know getting facial injections it's just not my scene and like you know so it's like okay I can understand that why you wouldn't want to just get injections by a doctor but in somebody's basement yes and at the same time Dina was kind of cracking jokes I don't remember exactly what the jokes were but it was like I could see how they could be taken as passive-aggressive digs yeah. towards Danielle. So it was, like, a little bit of bull. Okay. Well, so that's where she – that's where that happened. I didn't see that, okay. <laughs> obviously. Um, so she tells her mom that she's also thinking about getting Botox in her forehead, and her mom says that it's poison and it'll go through her system. But, yes, it literally is poison. Yeah, and, and I don't know if you've seen uh, Jacqueline's Instagram, but she has not taken her parents' message to heart, let's put it that way. <laughs> no, I, oh, I haven't looked up an updated uh, Jacqueline picture. No, she's, I mean, she's all just, it's basically, her entire Instagram feed is like, you know, sponsor, like Instagram, like literally the most cliche thing. She literally was like sponsor, is sponsored by the Flat Tummy Tea and the Fit Fab Fun Box, or she's talking about... Um, stuff related to autism because the son that she ends up being pregnant with at the end of this season is on the spectrum so it's it's an interesting mix (laughs) (laughs) uh so yeah she just says in a talking head that you know her mom is always worried about like things ending in death she's worried about botox she says it'll go to her brain and she'll die and then she laughs and she's like maybe it's true i don't know it's not too concerned about it though (laughs) okay (laughs) obviously she doesn't care now so (laughs) she kicks out her uh kids ashley and her son cj um, and she asks her parents for some advice so basically her husband who is ashley's stepfather but they seem to be really close at least in this episode yeah no uh, he's he's really good to her so it's sweet so her husband bought a car for ashley but it hasn't been like the right time to give it to her so they've been hiding it in some warehouse that they have i guess because ashley Um, is the worst like teen girl stereotype i've ever seen (laughs) She's, like, my age, I think, maybe a year older, but, like, she seems to have, like, decided that when she got a modicum of fame that she was going to do her own version of, like, I mean, a very scaled-down version of, like, the Paris and Nicole thing. Like, she just thought she was, like, too fucking cool for school and just so rude to her mom on television, which would have been the most mortifying thing to me. I, I just, Ashley's awful. Well, was awful. I, she seemed to have mellowed out. I don't know. Hopefully. Uh, man, fuck her. But either way. <laughs> So basically, yeah, they said they wanted to see how she did in summer school because she apparently needed summer school. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but she did she did well in summer school. But apparently, she's been having an attitude, so they don't want to reward her with a car at this point. Reasonable, sensible. <laughs> yes. So uh, Jacqueline's dad, who was a colonel in the army, he can be kind of strict. He advises that he, you know, if they give the car to Ashley, it has restrictions. Like, don't tell it's, don't tell her that it's her car. Say that it's a car that's available for her to drive and that she has to earn it. Um, and then he says, I mean, it's ridiculous. Kids turn 16 and they're driving around in a Hummer. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's, I feel like that's got to be such a difficult thing to contend with as a parent, like to do the thing to, 
to do the right thing, which is like, oh, my child doesn't deserve this thing. But it's like you also don't want your kid to feel completely left out and then be resentful of you that you denied them of this thing. I don't know. It's there's also a level of convenience of like having your kid be able to drive themselves around instead of you having to take them everywhere. Right. Plus, especially in Franklin Lakes where they are, everything is so separated. It's there is they go to a regional high school. You know, it's it's more convenient for her to have her own car. So it's like one of those things like I remember when I was a teenager and would get in trouble and have my cell phone taken away, it would be one of those things that's like, well, don't you want me to be safe? <laughs> <laughs> I need the cell phone for safety. <laughs> also to text my friends, but safety. Yes. I still cannot believe that my parents let me go across the country to the Grand Canyon when I was in eighth grade. They did not get me a cell phone beforehand. That's bonkers. I mean, think, times are different. It's amazing how things have changed. <laughs> I know. And I like my, some of my classmates had cell phones. So I like remember like three days into the trip, I bummed one, like I bummed it off of them and placed a call to my parents. But I was just like looking back on that. That's so funny that they didn't even give me a phone. No, different time. <laughs> All right, so the next scene is Dina. Uh, this is just like a quick little kind of nothing scene, but she basically explains that her 12-year-old daughter, Lexi, is growing up. She's gone from sleeping with her stuffed animals to sleeping with her phone so she can text. So they're going to go through her room and get out all of her stuffed animals. Yeah, this is... I mean, this was a lot of fun. I feel like they have a very fun dynamic between the yeah, two Yeah, it's of them. cute. Like, they seem to get along really well, and they were doing this whole process, which could be potentially really stressful, while laughing the whole time. So I think that that's great for all that you could say about everything. <laughs> yeah, so they she's filling up, like, garbage bags, like, piles and piles of stuffed animals. She pulls out, like, I don't know, a mountain of stuffed animals from underneath her bed. Um, it's seven garbage bags just from the room when all is said and done. Yeah, and I think the point of this was kind of to be like, look at these crazy rich people and the things they're giving their kids. Because if you remember, this was probably like the height of, or at least kind of towards the tail end of the recession. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like this, like, look how these crazy people live. And they kind of set Lexi up a couple times to fail because she's 12. And sometimes you say and do asshole-ish things when you're 12, like trying to sound cool because she one of the first talking heads they give her she's like I love having like a young cool mom like if I had a fat I don't know what I'd do with a fat old mom you know something like that that it's like damn this girl's gonna get roasted on the internet <laughs> yeah know, Twitter it, wasn't really a thing then but <laughs> yeah there wasn't cancel culture back in 2009 oh, yeah. oh I can't even imagine what that poor girl would have had to experience because of those kinds of comments now although who knows like 12 year olds are all woke now they read teen vogue so that's true all, all the TikToks, the teens are, the teens oh, get it. All of the, the communist TikToks. I'm just oh like, wow. I like the all the ones where it's like, oh, the right time to say the N-word. And it's just like nothing pops up or just like, <laughs> I, like yes. yes, so proud of you. <laughs> Gen Z is doing all right. TikTok, yes. If TikTok's taught me anything is that the kids are doing okay. Yes. Um, so not only does Lexi have seven garbage bags full of stuffed animals, she also opens up one of her, uh, dresser drawers and it is like ca Halloween candy, just piles of Halloween candy from the past two years. Two um, years. <laughs> which is, uh, I also hoarded Halloween candy in my closet as a child. I had like a 
pillowcase full of old candy for I don't even know how long. I cannot believe you did not end up with <laughs> ants or mice or something. It's a miracle. You should be so thankful. <laughs> <laughs> it's truly, yeah, truly quite lucky. Um, but yeah, Dina calls her a hoarder. I really hope Dina got Lexi some like early intervention therapy because she's, she does have some hoarding ten- tendencies as shown in this episode. Apparently, like, because it's not like your mom, it's not like she seems like the kind of mom who wouldn't, like, let you have the candy or anything crazy like that. So, like, I don't know what she was hiding it for. Yeah, she's like, what a waste. They're starving kids in this world and you hide all this candy. And I was just like, but candy's not going to nourish the starving children of the world. It's not uh, sending your candy to, like, some developing nation will not make a difference. Uh, I also was thinking, I don't know what they're going to do with the stuffed animals because I'm pretty sure you can't donate those. Can you not? I think because it, it's the potential of carrying various types of, like, bugs. Oh. I'm not positive, well, but I'm I pretty sure you can't donate stuff. I feel like animals. that's maybe a 2019 thing. Like, because I feel no. like... Oh, this really? This is something I feel like I've known for a while. Is oh. Because I feel like when I was a kid and we were trying to get rid of stuff, it was like, you. I, I'm not positive on that. I'd be curious if anybody wants to tweet at us and uh, at me. And <laughs> I me don't know. have Twitter, so tweet I at I was going to say, tweet at me, uh, at Sonia Marie says on Twitter. I, I would love to know if you can donate stuffed animals, to be honest. So if any, I'd be happy to know. I feel like I've donated stuffed animals before. Uh, no, I think I just, I donated stuffed animals, I'm pretty sure, when I was a child. So I thought that maybe it was, like, I remember, like, there were all the bed bug outbreaks of, like, the early 20-teens. And that, I'm sure, made a difference. But I feel like back in 2009, I feel like I probably donated some of my stuffed animals. I, I mean, I guess you can, like, give them to people. But I don't know if you can, like, bring them to a Salvation Army type, Goodwill type thing. Maybe the Goodwills of the South Carolina. Maybe, they're right, maybe they were just less stringent. Who knew New Jersey cared so much? I don't know. <laughs> So anyway, yeah, but if they're in New Jersey and you can't donate stuffed animals, who knows what they're going to do with all of those. So then the next scene we get is also sort of like a little nothing scene. It's with Caroline, and she basically tells us that she's decided to get a dog. It's a German shepherd named Atlas, um, and it's going to be a protection dog. So it's just a scene of this dog being trained to, like, viciously attack someone. Yeah, this just felt like a flex. Uh, this, But not even just a flex, kind of like an overreaction. Just because, I mean, so she makes this whole big point to be like, you know, we're well known in the area and like people mm-hmm. try to get in touch with us and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, ain't nobody checking for you like that. Like maybe now that you're on TV a little bit more, but like definitely not prior to this. You're just trying to show people, oh, don't fuck with us, you know, get a security system and, you know, or just a dog for fun. I'm not discouraging anybody from getting a dog, but I mean, most well depending on your situation but like if you have the money to afford a big ass fancy fucking big expanse of land then you can handle a dog but I mean I don't know it just felt like and this was also just we could have done without this scene and then just made the whole fight bit even longer (laughs) yeah it was really pointless um but one of the things I did want to say was that when I was doing my research and I was just googling like fun facts about Real Housewives of New Jersey one of the things I found which was on the 
just probably least legitimate website mm-hmm. that ever was. Uh, but one of the things that it said was like, there have been mob rumors, like connections with the Manzo family and organized crime. So this is like one thing that made me think, I was like, well, maybe they do have mafia connections if they have this big ass dog that they're training to kill someone. My theory is that those relationships are tenuous. They probably know people who are affiliated with organized crime just because they hold, they're an Italian family from a very Italian area that hold events so it's not unreasonable to assume that you know somebody who is but then again you were the one in your uh amy's baking company episode of your show that taught me (laughs) one of the easiest businesses to launder money through our restaurants so anything Mm -hmm. is possible allegedly 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 just never trust anyone who owns a restaurant yeah basically (laughs) that's that's just just what i've learned my understanding so Um, so that's the end of that scene. And then we're back with Jacqueline and it's just picks off from where they left off. Basically, Jacqueline kind of kicks everyone outside. Uh, Ashley is sitting on her phone. She like doesn't want to get up and they're like, get up, Ashley. Like, this is for you. Basically. It's just such a nightmare. And I forgot if I mentioned this last time, but, uh, she later became Ashley with two E's. Like she legally changed it to make it the Ashley Simpson spelling for some reason so she's and she's stuck with that decision now so <laughs> what a, we stand ashley simpson i don't know i i don't know i guess ashley simpson the ashley simpson show was the inspiration for this really podcast, so I ashley don't, simpson no, don't get me wrong i love ashley S- and i don't i fucks with ashley simpson i just don't think that like changing your name inspired by her <laughs> is a tr- it's a choice certainly yeah eh, well she has d- disposable income i guess to do yeah, it right. so. well, her parents do her parents do it at least. yeah uh so they all go outside and chris who is jacqueline's husband ashley's stepdad he pulls up in a new suv a new what was it a jeep grand cherokee it was a brand new special edition jeep brand grand cherokee in white stepped out of the fucking year like round of applause i mean round of applause in theory like what a good guy like too nice to be honest she did not deserve this car in the slightest she's been nothing but a terrorist this entire season and you know she doesn't fucking deserve it uh yeah so she she starts crying she's like oh my god shut up shut up so she knows that it's for her because i guess it's what she asked for um and she checks out the car i do notice that she calls the stepdad dad so she is like i i knew that they were close but it's just interesting to me because you told me last time that she still has like a good relationship with her biological father yeah i forget if it's in but it's in between one of the seasons where it's like at jacqueline's like in her talking head being like ashley like hasn't lived here for a while like she was living with her dad and there's like a whole scene i don't again i don't remember which season where it's like her dad her stepmom Jacqueline and Chris all have like a come to Jesus meeting with her at like a Grand Lux cafe or some shit and basically to tell her like stop being so awful and you know they all seem to be on the same page and all seem to get along really well like I think that that's incredible and she and she calls him dad so that's really cool yeah so I think that's really nice but um Ashley says that she couldn't have been more surprised and she wasn't expecting it at all so that's good I guess that she wasn't like this wasn't an expectation that she would get this car I, I feel like that was kind of a lie. I'm sure she didn't expect it but not necessarily at this moment. Like she was surprised to get it today and definitely in front of her strict ass grandparents. Yeah. So, and she's, ex- I love the two. She's excited to 
update her Facebook status in a way that was just so 2009 because she wrote it in like a complete sentence. It was like, uh, Ashley Holmes has a car, like is like driving in her new car or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, Ashley Holmes just got her car and then her dad's like, just got a car to use. when it was like, you had to put your name, like your name was like built in and you had to make it a complete sentence. Yes. I remember when it had the is still uh built in and so then- there would be all of those old statuses where you would still put song lyrics, but it would just be like, Riley Ennis is, like, tore my heart into pieces. <laughs> Whatever, some dramatic emo shit I was listening to. I was such a, like, a, a writing nerd that I, like, would make it a complete sentence when I did song lyrics. So I'd be like, Sonia Marie Sells is, like, uh, listening to cut my life into pieces. You know, like- <laughs> do that whole thing where I'd make it like a sentence and then do a colon and then put the song lyrics because I'm like it has yes. to be a sentence is waiting to go to yeah oh all of these like oh old Facebook classic Facebook Ooh. fuck Zuckerberg mm-hmm. anyway For pre-election <laughs> tampering uh genocide in Myanmar Facebook a different time <laughs> This is like such a spicy podcast. I know. This episode. Oh my gosh! I know. This is the second take is a choice. <laughs> the second take is All a right. take. <laughs> so um, then the next scene is with Dina and Caroline. They're going out to dinner with Lexi, and so this scene is basically for Dina to talk about how she doesn't want to work anymore and she just wants to be a housewife. Um, so she says that she doesn't like the business world. She just likes being like in her home. She likes staying home and keeping it beautiful. Um, and she just thinks that that's what's most important right now. Yeah. I mean, if you can go for it, like I, you're doing what a bajillion people around the world, like wish they could do. And the worst part is you're talented and you're kind of not squandering your talent, but like, you know, if you have a talent and you don't feel like sharing it, I guess that's on you. Yeah. Um, they also tell uh, Caroline about how they had cleaned out all the stuffed animals and how Lexi's a big girl. I guess she got like a haircut and kind of pans over to her and she does have like a blowout and her hair looks oh, yeah, fabulous. So, um, and so then they like make it weird and gross by going from like talking about her nice new haircut to talking about how Lexi is growing boobs. They give Lexi a whole talking head to talk about her boobs and she just takes the opportunity i don't know if i would have been that confident at 12 to be like talking about <laughs> yeah she seems growing- really proud yeah, to be talking about my growing tits on national television like i don't know if i could have done that and so they had been talking about how like first like caroline was being gross by saying like oh you should she said something like, you should go with Teresa to get a breast augmentation and then in lexi's talking head she's even like well mine are real i can't help it so it's weird. just like it's so weird Again, she's 12. She's not even, like, an actual teenager. Only 12. Like, yikes. Um, and so then, basically, the scene just ends with Dina saying that, like, feminists hate me because I want to stay at home, and I'm, that's not true. Not my feminism at all. Like. You can do what you right, want. Right, that's the whole thing. Um, and so she says that what she loves most is taking care of her husband, her daughter, and her cats, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and I have empathy for her because I love taking care of my cats, so I get it. I mean, I, tr- I said this last time, my only issue with this is, like, the amount of privilege it takes to, like, mm-hmm. sort of be like this about it. But I, believe me, the fact that you are able to do it, the fact that you are that you want to do it is not the issue. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. 
So she officially retires, as she says. So she's like, I'm retired and I'm just a housewife now. Okay, congrats. Uh, then we get a quick little scene of Teresa or of Danielle getting dressed up to go to Teresa's party, just her and the two girls. So the girls are coming. They're coming to this party that's going to turn into a fight. Uh, let's, uh, we can, t- we'll, we'll talk about it. I have very yeah, yeah. feelings, as you know, though. About the, the involvement of the yes. children. So we get some dramatic music and then there's shots of the various housewives all driving to the restaurant. Yes. And I feel like, didn't you have something to I say did. about this? So the first exit they show is exit 163 off the parkway. I am 165. Shout out. Like, that's the thing about Jersey is like people, if you're from another region in Jersey, it's like, oh, what exit are you? And that's off the parkway. <laughs> uh, the other thing is that you see very quickly, uh, I guess at that point, it probably still would have been Giant Stadium. But you see a little something in the back. That thing is the American Dream Mall that was in construction at the time of this filming has just opened this month. This, <laughs> that land is cursed. Look it up. They've It's literally been years in the making, but now it's the most exorbitant thing, like putting Mall of America to shame. Like, it, it's absurd. But it's it was so bonkers to me to, like, see it. Like, and I'd be like, oh, my God, it was there then? <laughs> And they're yeah, ten years ago. Just opening it now, I it's so bizarre. Also, that they drove twenty miles to go to this restaurant when they have like some decent ones by them. I was just a little surprised, but I think because it's a town over from where Teresa and Joe grew up, that that is my only frame of reference of why they may have picked it. But I don't know. Those are my Jersey facts. Yay. (laughs) <laughs> There's our geographical background and New Jersey backgrounds. <laughs> Yay. Um, so they'll all arrive at the restaurant. And so, the, yes, this basically, instead of becoming Teresa's housewarming party, is her boob warming party. Except <laughs> when her headlights shoot out. So, <laughs> so yeah, Jer- Jacqueline comes over and, like, talks about her bubbies and how they look amazing. <laughs> Uh, Teresa's like wearing this tight green dress. She looks amazing. Her body is banging. Her boobs are amazing. They're sitting high and tight. The doctor did an excellent job to the point that I literally, I always forget that Teresa got a boob job until I see the beginning of season one when she is literally an A cup, like a 34A, like flat as her back. And I I was talking about it before because I was like, there's – it's so bonkers to me. She was going to go through all that just to get a B cup because she wanted them to look natural. And as much as I hate Joe, he at the last minute was like, why would you go through all this just for a B? So she ended up getting a C <laughs> and they look so natural. Actually, where that, yeah. where that uh, plastic surgeon is, is the same place as my chiropractor. <laughs> so, <laughs> Great. References. I know everybody's so riveted by all of this, but no, I think this doctor, she is a walking testimonial for him and he must be doing incredible. <laughs> so yeah, her bubbies look amazing. Uh, Dina also comes over to admire the bubbies. Um, and then she gives her a Victoria's Secret bag and says that she says that she got it for her and her new bubbies, but actually it's kind of for Joe. And, and they try to get Joe's Joe. attention and he just goes, yeah, cool. <laughs> he sucks. Oh, I hate him. Yeah, and then even Teresa has, like, this talking head at this point where she's like, I think they look fabulous, my new bubbies. My husband even says so. Prove and it. she's like, ugh. <laughs> Prove it. He does not like you as a person at all. <laughs> um, and then 
I guess Joe is going over to talk to Caroline's sons and asking them about her, like Caroline's boobs. Like, why would you ask someone about their mom's boobs? No, and the fact that everybody is like engaging in this conversation and not being like, Joe, what are you talking to them about that for? Is just beyond me. And Caroline's yelling. She's like, "They're real," and I'm like, "Gross! Stop it! Everybody, stop!" <laughs> So this is also when I was watching this the first time, like the first, I think the first part where I noticed that maybe they might be related to each other because Caroline says like, yeah, Dina says they're fake because she can't stand it. I'm 12 years older than her and I have nicer boobies than her. But I was like, why does, why are these two strangers, friends, whoever they are, like non-related people comparing their boobs? (laughs) But then I was like, maybe they are related to each other. That explains it. (laughs) Also, there's a real quick little shot of Teresa's kids that, like just blowing bubbles in their drinks and they're just like really I, cute because they're so I young. I love those kids. I mean, they're, they end up being, Melania in particular, named after, yes, named after Melania Trump. Uh, and is uh, they're so cute, but God, are they terrible because Teresa let them do whatever. And Oh, I'm sure. I... Yeah, I love them, but they're I, Melania is actually I think my favorite housewives kid period just because she's so terrible. <laughs> um, but they're really cute in this little yes, scene. They're so. babies here. It's so crazy and there's a whole other kid that isn't even born yet and well we'll we'll get into that a little bit, but <laughs> <laughs> So, Teresa tells everyone to go ahead and move into the dining room for dinner. So they all gather around the table and they're just laughing and having a good time and then at this point I didn't notice this the first time I watched it, but when I rewatched it and I was taking my notes, I noticed that Caroline specifically says, like, oh, this stuff is getting me. I have a I have a buzz going. So Caroline is drunk throughout the stuff that happens going forward. It does forward. kind of inform a little bit of the way things go, for sure. Mm-hmm. And you can definitely tell that she's one of those people who's, like, a very bold drunk, just like a you're-not-gonna-fuck-with-me I mean, kind of drunk. she's a bold, per- like, sober person, so <laughs> it could only get worse. Or better, depending on how you want to look at it. (laughs) Um, So then there's like some slight dramatic music and Danielle and her kids finally enter for the dinner party. Yeah, I'm going to hop in with a lot of the... I took notes on both this episode and the bonus extended Last Supper bonus episode. And one of the first things that really struck me was like, Danielle was like, so my only concern when I walked in was that my children were safe. And it's like, funny because you probably put them in the most unsafe situation of anyone during this dinner but go off I guess (laughs) so yeah she walks in um and she kind of says like hi awkwardly to everyone and takes their seats uh she like gives a kiss specifically to Jacqueline because that's her friend and then so this was interesting so the last time we talked I was like I was very firmly team Danielle the first time we recorded, Mm. but you, like, have swayed me more to be, like, ambivalent. Yes, just like I'm ambivalent (laughs) about Onyx now. Look at how we work together (laughs) and changed our minds. Everybody, America, this is possible. So (laughs) if two people (laughs) who are totally on the same page about most things can can agree about some other additional stuff anything is possible (laughs) (laughs) truly anything uh so she comes in she gives a kiss to Jacqueline then she sits down and then Teresa turns to Danielle and she's like oh what no kisses no kisses and I kind of thought that Teresa was kind of like digging here a little bit first because it was just like she said hi to you but 
you made a good point of being like, this is Teresa's fucking this party. This is Teresa's party. You don't need to like, I understand you don't want to go up to Dean and Caroline, but like, and it kind of felt to me like Teresa, it was clear Teresa didn't like her, but, or like at least was tired of her. But it was one of those things where I think like those are the kinds of experiences where you come in relatively neutral and somebody either just adds points or takes them away. And this was definitely a subtraction kind of moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, at that, Danielle like blows a kiss to Teresa, but it's like the world's most passive aggressive kiss that has been yes. blown. So it's just like, it's all, it's all downhill 100%. from here. Um, and then here we have Teresa's t- second talking head where she says, I decided to invite Danielle, even though there's controversy about the book. I'm not a rude person. Yeah. Uh, despite, well, this is another thing too, because it was despite the fact that she, she felt well, Teresa felt like she, Danielle disrespected Joe an episode or two ago, which, in fairness, <laughs> the context of that argument was they all decided to go for dance lessons because of this new show, Dancing with the Stars, came out. And I forgot <laughs> if it was Joe or Chris. One of them was, like, really into the show. And no, it had to have been Joe. So Joe was really into Dancing with the Stars and they wanted to go for dance lessons. So they turned it into a cast activity. And (laughs) whoever was leading the class, Joe made a comment like, oh, that guy's so gay. And Danielle was like not having it, which is like ally Danielle. But then was like, "I'm, I'm doing this because my best friend is gay. And it's like, okay. And then there's a whole scene in season two where the guy she's hanging out with, like, is calling the Manzos the F slur. So it's like picking and choosing when you want to be offended by homophobia. Anyway, I'm sort of on Danielle's side, but it's worth noting that that is some of the context going into it of. And then I think, like, Danielle's flipping out on Joe and saying and saying something like Joe's trying to tell her to calm down. And she's like, oh, I'm not your wife. So that was kind of in front of Teresa. So I think Teresa's got a little bit of resentment going in. Yeah, so that that's good to know because it wasn't super clear exactly going in. But yeah, Teresa, at least she is kind of trying to go in with like a semi-neutral, I guess, sort yeah, of slate. Yeah. Um, also, at this point, Jacqueline says that she thinks Danielle is at peace with the whole book thing, which is hilarious. Could not be more further from the base. So far off base, it is miles in the distance. You could, It's a blip <laughs> on the horizon. No. So they all toast to have a, having a great dinner. Teresa thanks everyone for coming. They bring out a platter of raw oysters. And I guess a bunch of people here have like never had oysters before because they are all grossed out by I them. I have a feeling that Danielle ordered the oysters because I did not seem like anybody else at the table either was eating them or knew how to eat them. So I, I don't know what that was about. Also, it's like not the best thing for Danielle's image to just have something you have to like swallow like that. Well, I mean, it then turns into a whole... <laughs> joke which as we discussed last time would be amazing if there weren't children at the other end of the table (laughs) i mean yes that's the thing if you look at this as an adults only dinner party that shit looked fun as hell they were having this like really dirty discussion and everybody's drunk and laughing and really uncomfortable Mm -hmm. but in a fun way and like it it looked like the best time and then you just remember oh there are chill there are literal like toddlers at the other end of the table (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. It, the kids, yeah. It was like ages from like six to 17. Yeah, no. And nobody wants to hear any of this. Yeah. So they go on to start talking about how the uh, oysters are aphrodisiacs. They like make jokes about Teresa swallowing. Um, and so then Teresa kind of starts talking about like, oh, well, like, let's take these away from Joe. He shouldn't have any because he already wants it three times a day. And I'm sore. I'm sore. So Things gross. Like funny if it's just adults, know. but gross. Things we didn't need to know. <laughs> so then so then Teresa, I guess, just tries to kind of bring Danielle into the conversation because yes. she like calls out to her like, oh, Danielle, like. When I got my bubbies done, I was like on the way home and Joe was being so sweet and then he tried to get on top of me and I was like, Can I can I stop? I just had surgery. Wait, which time out and so is Danielle kinda rapey, no? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. She's, like probably still on drugs. You need to chill, my guy. <laughs> like <laughs> Yikes. True. True. I didn't think about that last well, just, time, but I was watching it again today yeah. and I'm like, no, that's gross. Oh, yeah. And also she said that Joe was going to bring her a prosciutto sandwich. sandwich. <laughs> that is, I feel like, a very, I feel like that's a very Italian thing to say. I'm not, I'm Italian-ish, but not that Italian. That, like, I, sandwich just fucking cracks me up. Yeah, that got me. Um, but so, yeah, she says to, to Danielle, like, oh, yeah. And I told him, like, oh, I just had surgery. Can you let me heal? And then Danielle kind of, like, mm, maybe doesn't, isn't the kindest thing to say back to her where she's like, well, you didn't have surgery down below. You had surgery on your boobs. I get that because so I, I assume that Teresa's intention with this again, while still trying to be relatively neutral notices that Danielle isn't really participating and wants to bring her in the conversation. Also a small part of me thinks like, Oh, because we're having a sex talk, I can just commiserate with her because she's the most sexual person at this table. So I didn't really know how to read that, but Danielle clearly while being nervous and anxious about having to do this big dramatic reveal that she does like, I was expecting her to just kind of be like, oh, yeah, that's funny. But instead, she's like, well, the bottom half of you was fine. And it's like, word? Mm-hmm. Gross. Yeah, it's just like kind of a little bit just undermining what Teresa said. Instead of just like agreeing with her, it was like just like, well, you you could have had sex with him if you wanted to. He wanted to. <laughs> mm. Well, clearly he did. Ugh, gross. <sighs> so, but then... All of a sudden, it's like really confusing in just the the finale version. I think it makes it a little bit more clear in like the Redux extended yeah. cut. But the camera just pans down and the book is just sitting on the it table. Just seems, it seems if you were to just see the finale episode, you would think that as soon as they were done with the appetizers, that the, she throws the book on the table. When in reality, it was while coffee is being poured and desserts are arriving at the table. Which is good because watching this the first time, I was like, dang, they didn't even get a chance to have dinner right. first before all of this goes south. Yeah, that was the thing. I remember thinking, like, well, re-watching it recently, like, forgetting some of the details. I was like, oh, my God, they really had to leave before they even had dinner. That's awful. You came all that way. But no, she did at least wait to the end, which kind of, I don't know, kind of makes what she did a little bit more appropriate. Like, she does not approach it. She does not approach it in a great way. But, like, what she's doing... If she was coming from a place of pure intentions, waiting until like after dinner to be like, we've all gathered here. I want to have a conversation with you all. I mean, I'm, I'm torn between being like, wow, you really killed the vibe. Like everybody was having so much fun and you really ruined it to, but also being like, I can't believe you sat through appetizers, dinner, God knows how many courses, 
like and drinks and kikiing and whatever to only do this at the end of the night like that's actually a lot of restraint and I'm kind of impressed so uh Teresa says in her talking head that she saw her reach down grab the book and place it on the table and she says I can't believe this girl's gonna do this right now Dina says that nothing good is going to come of this um, and then Danielle, Jacqueline says that, like, even she didn't know that she was going to bring the book, obviously, because Jacqueline was like, oh, yeah, I think she's over yeah, it. Yeah, no, I mean, nobody was apparently caught off guard more than uh, Jacqueline, so. So Danielle takes the book. It's, like, pointed directly to Dina, but she calls it pointed at a 45-degree angle. I, I mean, I'm not good at math, but I don't think that logic is sound, <laughs> but whatever. Because, I, yeah, it's, if that's the 45, where's the 90? It's not whatever. <laughs> Um, so Dina asks, like, what's, what's that for? And Danielle says that she wants to talk to everyone for a minute. So here is where I'm like with Danielle. Like, this is where I still stay team Danielle because she says that she brought the book because it seems to be haunting her and she wants to clarify a few things, like, because you've clearly taken my interest in what my life was 24, 25 years ago. So she says that there have been a lot of lies that were written and spread about her and that she doesn't appreciate that people were talking about her behind her back. And then she goes on to say that, you know, this book was written by my first husband. Um, the photograph in the book is me. And there are two things that are true. I was arrested and I didn't, I did change my name, but I was never a prostitute or any of the other things that happened. Which I kind of went back and forth about in terms of the fact that it's like, well, she told Jacqueline and she told us that she, the stripper thing was true. But I also understand why she would have left that out because knowing this crowd and just the overall sex negative culture of the late 2000s that they would have taken that and ran with it and used that to discredit her to call her all kinds of things but a child of god you know so as much as i'm like is this an inconsistency or is this a a a purposeful omission for for to, Mm -hmm. to give yourself a little bit of equal footing i just think it was so hilarious that caroline in the redux is like I can't believe we're having this uh, discussion in front of children, even my own children and they're like adults. And it's like, oh, so this is the part where you're like, (laughs) this is too much. Not the whole discussion about your boobs, Teresa's boobs, Teresa getting, you know, some alleged marital rape. Like, you know, all of that was fine. This is the part where you're like, oh, this is really uncomfortable. We should get them out of here. Like, you should get them out of here. Like, get out, please. Yeah. Um, So Dina tries to cut in as Danielle is kind of giving her spiel, but Caroline, to her credit, like I'll give her credit for this, is like, no, let Danielle finish. Like, let us hear her out. I mean, are we going to give her credit for this, though? Because clearly the intention is just for her to bury herself. So it's like, you're doing the right thing on paper, but not, not really. Not for, not for the good reason. I mean, Everything that I think that everything that Danielle's saying right now still is pretty reasonable. So it seems like at least she's letting her get out her piece so that she can. She definitely makes some very good points, you know, basically saying that she didn't tell because so many of the ladies things is like, you should have told us we were friends. And it's like, y'all know good and damn well that you weren't friends like that. You all didn't really like her or at the very least you thought that she was like a lot to deal with. So you kept her at a periphery level. She didn't owe anybody an explanation about any of this. Yeah. And that's like what Teresa says is like, well, you were our friend. You would have told us first that she's like, I, you know, not, you didn't know me well enough. None of you know me well enough to deserve 
to know what I happened 25 years ago. Yeah. And she's right. Like, I, I, it's funny because as much as I know Danielle is this villain, like literally one of the worst housewives, period, in my opinion, that <laughs> she, I don't remember her making this much sense, to be honest. Like, and I'm like <laughs> watching her going like, listen, I still don't fuck with you, but valid, valid points all around. Yeah, like Danielle is obviously the Kelly Ben Simone of this Housewives oh, cast. You're literally naming my second least favorite housewife. So I mean, you're on. <laughs> you're doing great. So no, they really are. But uh, Kelly Ben Simone made so much less sense on yes, Scary Island. A uh, hundred. Kelly Ben Simone on Scary Island makes the opposite of sense. Just. But at the very <laughs> least, we got a great go to sleep gif out of it. So I appreciate it. <laughs> so um. Yeah, Teresa and Danielle kind of get into it a little bit. Danielle's like, are you done yet? Teresa's like, no, are you done yet? And Danielle's like, I'm not done. I just begun. Listen, so Caroline. Let fucking talk to me like that when they're coming to a dinner that I paid for. Bitch, you're lucky <laughs> that you true. got all that you got. Yeah. So Caroline again's like, well, you know, let her speak, let her have hers and you can have yours. Um, and Caroline says in her talking head, like, I thought she had the right to try and, her ex- try and explain herself. Would I believe anything she had to say? Probably not. Yeah, no. See, that's sure. You know, give her a piece and just, so, to, just to bury yourself. So. And Danielle says in her own talking head that uh, she had nothing to do with the showing of the book, but obviously Danielle thinks that she did. Um, and Danielle says to her, like, I've never even had that book in my hands. Which is that a lie? That feels like a lie. It feels like a lie because okay, so the version of events that we get in episode five is that Jacqueline, Dina, and Caroline were all together when a niece, which is tough because there are 11 Lorita children, so we don't know who they're talking about, um, (laughs) whose kid they're talking about, rather, and called them and was like, oh my god, I just got this tea about this book. So they Google the book. Caroline says she took it out of the library. I think they all read. It was like they turned it into kind of like a book club between the three of them at least and maybe Teresa <laughs> they probably had to read it to Teresa but either way you know like it seems like they all were very much aware of what was happening with the book so a lot of this mm-hmm. being like oh I didn't really have anything to do with it I don't know how much of that I buy yeah okay because it's really confusing about who did what with the That's book because they're all sense. lying. And I'm still unclear about it. Like, it's been 10 years and I'm still unclear about who I believe and to what extent I believe them. Yeah, you have the entire season of context and 10 years of, like, hindsight and it's still, still a, mystery. a mystery. So the next thing that happens is Danielle kind of, like, launches into it again. And at this point, Teresa's like, wait, wait, wait. Should the kids go outside? Teresa, making sense for once great choice uh this is when danielle in my mind went from just being kind of like oh really annoying and really dramatic to being like oh no like this is just straight up bad parenting because she wants her children and i forget when she says this i'm assuming it's in the the bonus episode but it's like she says that she wants her children in the room with her because she felt alone like she needed Mm -hmm. somebody and it's like I totally understand that, but, like, don't put your 10- and 14-year-old in this position. 
Yeah, and so, like, not only is she being really inappropriate with her own children of, like, being like, well, no, they have to know about what's going on with this book, so they need to be in here. Yeah, they don't. But also, she's being a bitch about Teresa wanting her, like, eight- and six-year-old to leave the room. No, those kids are younger. Well, I think, uh, what's her name? Gia might be, well, Gia was probably eight or nine because she's a freshman in college now. I'm pretty sure Melania and Gabriella were three and four. Like, mm-hmm. there's no reason anybody under the age, anybody, like, Ashley should have been the youngest person in the room. And that's yeah, even at 17. It. Like, Ashley, or at the very least, uh, Chris Manzo should have been the youngest people in the room. None of those kids should have been in there. Yeah, so Danielle's, like, a bitch about that. And they have to be like, hey, if you want your kids to be in here, that's fine. But, like, let Teresa take her kids outside if they want to. So the kids go outside. And then over at the kids' table, someone even asks, like, I think it's Jillian, asks, like, do we need to leave? And Christine's like, I'm not leaving. I don't want to watch this. has a talking head in the bonus episode that's like, you know, I didn't want to leave the room, but I didn't think it was going to turn into this. So... Yeah, and then I think, well, she says she says something later that really made me sad, but we'll get to it. Oh, yeah, Jillian. Jillian says she wanted to jump in and defend her own mother, and it's like, that's awful. Like, you yeah, should not feel that. So inappropriate. Yeah, no. So uh, Caroline kind of goes back to Dina. She's like, just say, or goes to Danielle and says, like, say what you need to say. And so she reiterates, like, you know, this has been 24 years. None of you people deserve to, like, know what happened to me. Um, and then she says that she never did the things that were mentioned in the book. And she says that she's not going to list them because if you read it, you know. And then she says, some of you have already investigated it to find out that it was lies, which is weird. I think they just, I think that they, probably those women, like, you know, the, the Loritas and Teresa were probably like, what the fuck did we just get ourselves into? They probably had some resources. They probably had connections. I know a woman who is Teresa's longtime friend and becomes a housewife, is a housewife currently, like has affiliations with police departments. I'm sure they know a bunch of people who like could have gotten mm-hmm. more details. But in fairness, and Danielle even says this too, like I understand your desire to want to keep your distance knowing or reading what you read. Mm-hmm. Uh, she then, she says something like, you know, I understand that, but like, and I'm with Danielle on this. It's not the idea of knowing and deciding you don't want to continue on a friendship or whatever. It's your decision to start talking about it to other people. That's the issue. Yeah. And it's like whether or not I believe her or believe that the, the Manzo Lorita clan had anything to do with it. Like I, I can get that. I can agree with that in a vacuum, that statement. Yeah, and so she says that, like, it's just the fact that it was, like, brought out in public, you shoot, you showed it to people, because I guess what is being alleged is that they had this book at their hair salon that they all go yeah. to, is that correct? Yes, the, for some reason the hair salon becomes, like, a linchpin in, in like, throughout the season. Like, the, the salon gets more airtime, like, talking about time than the book does, to be honest. Like, it's bonkers. <laughs> Um, and so also Danielle has this really gross line here where she says to Dina that she sat at home alone throwing up with diarrhea for three weeks because of her. Listen, I was with Danielle until that point and I'm like, you are making things not good. You're not sounding sane and rational when you're blaming somebody for your nervous tummy. Yeah. Um, so she says 
you know, like, or Teresa says that uh, she has something against Dina. I'm not sure what, but it's like, well, I think I know. I some because theories, you know. <laughs> <laughs> she's kind of made it a little bit obvious about what she has against Dina, at least in this right. moment, even if that wasn't the whole, like, our overarching theme of the season. Right. Um, and Dina says, like, she thinks I'm out here trying to ruin her reputation, but she does a good enough job of that on her own. Not which, untrue. You know, which, <laughs> from what you've told me, yeah, I, I can see that. Uh, so... Danielle says in a voiceover that she knows that Dina revealed the book and she knows that her sister Caroline was with her that day as well. But then Caroline tells Dina to be quiet and Caroline turns to Danielle and she's like, well, look at me because it's me. I'm the one who told them. Bullshit. Bullshit. I do not believe this. And they tell on themselves a lot. I, I, what I think happened here, because I don't know exactly what happened, but here's what I know. Here's what I know didn't happen. And it's that Caroline look I believe that she likes to be nosy and bossy but I don't think that she is capable of giving enough of a fuck to bring that book around I think and she tells on, like I said she tells on herself a lot she says she's got a line in the bonus episode that's like uh, Dina gets nervous in like confrontation situations whereas I'm a bull in a candy shop <laughs> and you know and is saying you know basically I think regardless of whether or not Dina showed the book, D Caroline was willing to fall on the sword. I think that she just mm -hmm. wanted the attention off of Dina. She knew it would throw Danielle off her game because she was so prepared in her mind, you know, that Dina did it, Dina did it, Dina did it. And then to hear that it was not, that that's not the case would totally throw off her strategy and there would be no way for the fight to continue. I did notice, though, my second time watching it, that when caroline says that teresa is like eyes wide mouth agape which is interesting because in her talking head she's like was i surprised that caroline revealed the book no i wasn't surprised because i knew that and it's like you mm -hmm. sound like a damn liar lying liar you're just making things up <laughs> like it's like i get that you want to protect protect your friend but it's easier to just say nothing like <laughs> yeah so um yeah Caroline sort of launches into Danielle and this is where she's like pointing at her and she's like let me tell you something about me. Oh my god me. no it's it's literally I used to say this line all the time when this episode came out it was let me tell you something about my family family important family let me tell you something about my family we are as thick as thieves and we protect each other until the end I don't know why like I had, behind behind the prostitution horror speech like the the prostitution horror monologue that is my second favorite line in that episode so yeah Caroline's going after her and then Danielle like yells at her to stop pointing her finger at her and Danielle says like we're the same age you're not going to talk to me like an adolescent I forgot to Which... look this up by the way Caroline is not <laughs> yet 60 hmm so okay is interesting i actually wanted to look up how old danielle was because i forgot if they're actually i'm not the same age. But she, well, she was 45 i'm 10 not years one ago, so yeah they're about the same age this is bonkers to me that nobody none of these people have hit 60 yet but yeah i not you know if a woman a woman aging naturally there's nothing oh, wrong no, with that but, but they're caroline... not aging naturally so <laughs> i mean well caroline is yes. but i mean well, that's it, true. she's not doing herself any favors yeah just caroline compared with everyone else the way that they all look like especially Danielle obviously has had a lot of work done 
Um, and it's not like bad work. Like it's not like hor- you can like horribly obvious, but you can tell. And if she like she's saying that I'm the same age as you, Caroline, and she's like, oh, really? That's every all of it is very confusing. They've all gotten a bunch of work done, which you know if that's your choice, and certainly if you have the money for it. And I'm sure being on TV like is like a very harsh reality about the way you look. But like Teresa in particular, like she went full Kardashian and just de ethnicked her face. <laughs> Like her whole appearance, <laughs> it's just—it's a—it's a very different person. Still has that low ass forehead though, so. <laughs> you would think she would get some like That's laser hair resurfacing or something. Just, I always used to say that if you took her forehead and my forehead, we would be two people with normal sized foreheads. <laughs> 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 That's the goal—just to morph with Teresa. <laughs> <laughs> so. So then, yeah, Caroline's just saying in a talking head that, like, she doesn't care about her past or how Daniel lives her life, but you're not going to attack the people that she loves. So, yeah, this is kind of where she's telling on herself because it's, like, not about her having revealed the book. It's just about Dita being attacked. Yeah, yeah. They, they make that really clear. And it, it just reminded me of, like, such – I feel like there's several, at least several SVU episodes like this where it's people in a family will, like, both admit – to a murder or something and then they're like well since nobody's not admitting to it then I guess we can't charge them or whatever I don't know <laughs> like you know that's <laughs> it's just such a trope thing where it's just like let me take the heat off this person and put it on me mm-hmm. because I can handle it and that's clearly Caroline's goal so then they all start yelling at each other that obviously they've been yelling, but it's weird because Dina says something to Danielle where it's like, you started vicious lies that could hurt my child and hurt my family. But what rumors were spread about Dina? Cause it seems like the only person with stuff going around that could actually like hurt her children is I Danielle. Remember, I remember like hearing that line when I watched it recently and being like, I'm not clear on what they're referring because I watched the whole season back to back. It was it's not a big undertaking, so I highly recommend it. But like, you know, it, it it's not really clear on what she was saying, what she was referring to, because you keep hearing buzzings about like, oh, I hear I hear Danielle talking about me, but it's like about what? The only thing I would think that it is, is that so this is Dina. So. Dina and Caroline are sisters who are married to brothers. This is mm-hmm. Dina's second marriage. And I think she went from being kind of like, not a lowly single mom, but like definitely not as affluent as she is at this point. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe it was just like some gold digger type shit. Like, I don't, but then Danielle's not really in a position to talk. Yeah, like who's so Danielle when to talk? That was my only thinking, but I was like, that logic is struck down by Danielle being the ultimate gold digger. So I'm not, I'm not clear. I don't know. Yeah, and so Danielle says, you know, well, when I'm attacked, I'm going to attack back. And Dana says, well, no one's attacking you, which I was like, oh, well, she seems, she seems a little attacked right I now. Mean, like, she's kind of, and plus, I think Danielle is one of those people, too, where she's because she's such a victim in her mind all the time. The idea that three people are on the same side and are always going to have each other's back is by default a threat to her. Mm hmm. She yeah, I mean, she is obviously very insecure yeah, for uh, for sure. So the other thing that happens then is here is when Danielle asks if they like brought the book specifically to the salon chateau or mm-hmm. whatever. 
And this is where, like, they're starting to, like, the stories are really not syncing up with the three people who were involved. Nobody has a solid story. Like, I hope none of them actually commit a crime together because, holy shit, they are bad at this. So, yeah, this is super confusing. So, Dina's saying, like, no one else in town knows about this. And Danielle's like, okay, well, what about taking it to the salon? Dina's like, no, we didn't take it to the salon. And then Caroline's like, well, I did. Shut up. Like, you're all so bad at this. Yeah, and Dina's just like, at this point, Dina doesn't even know what's going on. She just looks shook. And Danielle's like, well, I heard it was Dina. And Caroline's just like, lie me. You're lying. You're all lying. Just stop. (laughs) And so then Jacqueline is like, this whole time has just been sitting over here at the end of the table. And she says, like, it was hard for her, like, watching my friend be attacked with no one to back her up. But, like, she obviously didn't want to get involved, like, with her sisters-in-law and her friend. But then Dina brings her into it by saying, well, Jacqueline, you were there. What, you remember what happened. Like, didn't it happen X, Y, Z this and way? And I'm dying because and at this point, the music changes to straight up Danny Elfman Beetlejuice score. It's literally, <laughs> I swear, even today when I was watching it, I'm like cracking up because like, dun, 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 <laughs> And I'm like, oh my God, this is the Beetlejuice soundtrack. Holy shit. I don't know why they picked uh, that for that tense moment. It just was so, it was so silly. <laughs> I really need to rewatch that I swear that to God, it's the Beetlejuice Listen music. for the That's Beetlejuice all I can hear. Because Beetlejuice is like Oh my, my God, same. Movie. And I saw it actually a couple years ago at the, oh my God, at Lincoln Center. They did uh, Danny Elfman music performed by an orchestra. And then Danny Elfman Ooh. came out to, because he's the singing voice of Jack Skellington. So he came out and sang all of the Nightmare Before Christmas songs. And if I'm, t- you would have thought that I was a teenage girl at a, like at a fucking BTS concert. I was <laughs> losing my, I was like, he's here, he's here. Like, oh my God, it's so good. It was so great. Oh, that sounds amazing. Oh, so good. Good times. All right. So. <laughs> Back at the fight, uh, so Jacqueline is like, um, no, uh, th- it did not happen that way. You two came into the salon and you were showing the book to everyone. So then Jacqueline throws Caroline and Dina right under the bus. Caroline tries to say that was a but lie. I, I am not clear on what Jacqueline's story was because it sounds like she didn't witness Dina and Caroline doing it. She heard that they were doing it. And it's like, okay, which, you know, you're in the salon relatively regularly. Maybe you heard it from people at the salon. But also, how much of this is Danielle in your ear being like, I heard that they did it. I heard that they did it. And you're just mixing up stories. You're also several drinks in. You're a mom. It's been a long day. Like, I just, I was not clear. Jacqueline's story was the most confusing of all, in my opinion. They, it was all confusing. So Dina tries to say that all three of them, like Jacqueline, Dina, and Caroline, all found out at the same time. And Jacqueline says, no, you guys showed it to me. And it's just like, no one knows no what's idea. going on here. And here Danielle says, like, Jacqueline coming to my defense was a surprise. And this is really weird the way she says this. Right or wrong, Jacqueline's going to do what's right. Um. <laughs> and then, but I it didn't in any way, shape, or form expect it, ask for it, or want it. Or, but boy, I was really happy when she did it. Yeah, I. and then on top of that, in the bonus episode, Christine, poor Christine, was like, when Jacqueline defended my mom, it really took a burden off my shoulders. Ugh, uh, so sad. Why are your kids here? That's so sad. I know. It's it's really bad. 
So Dina, Caroline, Danielle, and Jacqueline are all yelling at each other. I can't tell what's going on at this point. But this is when Teresa jumps back in again. And she's like, well, so then why did your ex-husband write that freaking book? Obviously, something has to be true. Again, valid (laughs) point from Teresa. I mean, and I think that a lot... I think Danielle doesn't want to admit, and I think she's got her victim narrative and wants to BS because she's saying that, you know, she showed up after a modeling shoot and her boyfriend, and then she says some other story where, like, he had a huge house, so how was I supposed to know what was happening around the house? And it's like, you're not helping yourself. And these are, like, not just, like, oh, I was, you know, some side chick to a drug runner. Like, she was participating, allegedly participating in kidnapping like literally a child (laughs) kidnapping a child pistol whipping people like her one of her alleged victims spoke out and was like you i was reading an article on nj.com about how she was like you really downplayed your role and like what you did to me and it's like ooh, yikes that's yeah just watching this one episode you do not learn the like seriousness of all of these allegations you would just be like oh wow this guy wrote a book about her that's pretty bonkers but no it's like it's a lot more bonkers than that. Yeah. So, and then Danielle gets really sassy with Teresa. And she's like, I told you, Teresa, were you not there? Two things written that are true. Name change, I got arrested. Pay attention, police. police. Pay attention, police. police. I say that all the time. <laughs> I just, it's so good. And so Teresa is like wide-eyed, just staring at her. And she has a talking edge where she's like, here I am throwing a dinner party that, and she tries to disrespect me in front of my friends. I was just so, so done with her, which uh, that's all valid. I mean, I, I, I agree with her. I give her that. Even knowing why Teresa is upset, the rate at which she goes from regular angry to Hulk smash is record time. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's within within this next sentence, the entire time it takes her to say the sentence, she goes from just like upset to flipping the table. So she says, you're stripping, stripping, you're stripping prostitution whore. You are fucking engaged 19 times. You fucking stupid, stupid bitch. bitch. And just flips up the table. It's like the equivalent of like when people type stuff and then mid word like switch to all caps and to finish out the rest of the sentence like yelling (laughs) like she goes from being like regular mad and and it's straight up it is literally hulk strength that table those tables are heavy there was stuff on it like Mm -hmm. and she she doesn't obviously i feel like calling it a table flip is like inaccurate but she does shake the table like she makes well, she like, yeah, she like, fl- I mean, she flips it at least yeah, halfway no, she gets over. It, she gets, it gets some air. So <laughs> get some sick air. But like, there's all shit on that table. And there are people sitting at it. Like, and she just is like, I'm doing the motion as if this isn't an audio medium. <laughs> yeah, but like, she really does get, and what's bonkers to me, well, I keep saying bonkers. But like, if what's wild to me is that she says earlier in the season that she does not go to the gym. And I guess it's from having, like, little solid built Italian children that, like, are chunky and you're probably picking them up all the time. That, like, that is your bicep tricep workout because I don't know how she did that. 
Yeah, so the other thing that I love is that, like, she's, like, basically, you know, listing all of these allegations against her, and she's like, you are stripping, you're a prostitution whore, you are fucking engaged 19 times. I don't know how that's physically possible. And by the way, everyone, if you're out there listening to this, and you are single, and you're feeling down about yourself, just remember that Danielle Staub has been engaged now over 20 times and been married three times. So there is somebody out there for you. I mean, my go-to example is like <laughs> if, uh, what's her name? If Elizabeth Smart can find somebody, despite all of her trauma and <laughs> like life experience, you can find somebody. And if Danielle Staub can be engaged this many times, so can you. Anything is possible. <laughs> yeah, if you believe you can be engaged 19 times, you prostitution or You can probably get engaged once if Danielle could get engaged 19 times. <laughs> so after she like flips the table or turns the table over whatever she does she's like still screaming but there are no words happening <laughs> she's just like screaming. it's also worth noting that when she gets up that joe you know blocks her because that's her husband mm-hmm. and chris manzo also gets up to try to help she fucking launches his ass across the <laughs> room just with her arm just a quick shove and he says in his talking head in the bonus episode he's like i have friends that weigh at least twice what teresa weighs who i've been able to hold back in fights and teresa launched me like (laughs) and she does it to andy cohen in the season two reunion she like throws him (laughs) down in the chair like she he goes to like block her and she just pushes him right down to get in danielle's face it is a sight to behold She's like a barbarian. She just like goes into it's her like rage. It's like one of those things, like... like how they like the mom strength. You know, like when your kid gets hit by a car and you can lift the car off them. It's like that, but like used for evil instead of good. <laughs> Not evil. <laughs> rack like, strength. It's used for good TV instead of just a good altruistic purpose. Parenting. Right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they they sort of like push her. She's you know being pulled off. Um, also, at this point, we do get like a quick pan around the room, and we see that Jillian and Christine are just still sitting still there watching her mom there. get yelled at. And they're like, "Oh, like Teresa? What? One of them is like Teresa acted like the complete opposite of a lady." And it's like, "Oh my god, you poor babies! Like, yes, you're not wrong, but like, oh my god, why did you have to witness that? Because that's got to be extra scary. Like, it's one thing to have your parent yelling at somebody, but it's another thing to like be in that moment and see that you don't know what mm-hmm. could happen. Like, you could think that your parent is literally in physical danger. Yeah. Uh, also, so Danielle says that in her talking head, she says that she's known Teresa for 15 years and she's never seen an ounce of that behavior. I believe it because she hasn't really gotten to this level again. Like she's gotten. It's wild that she just goes that far so quickly, though. It was probably drunk, and really, it was that she was Mm. so. She might have just that might being called stupid might just be her like absolute limit because there's a bunch of stuff that happens over the next couple seasons where she certainly gets pissed and gets to her fair share of like fights, but like being called stupid in that moment was probably too much. Yeah, and so, yeah, that's the next thing that she says, and also there, she really seasons the F-bomb quite liberally in this sentence, so she's like, don't fucking think that I'm fucking airheaded and stupid, because that's what pisses me off, and then telling me to fucking pay attention, she doesn't know what, the, she doesn't know who the fuck she's fucking with, and I have no fucking skeletons in my fucking closet, thank Whoa. you. Lie detector has determined <laughs> that is a lie. Yeah, those, uh, those 41 counts of fraud that happened, uh... Then, then charges say otherwise. Yeah, And then on top of that, like, there's the bonus stuff where it's, like, Joe 
probably could have, should have gotten a DUI one time. It was the whole using his brother's ID when he wasn't. Well, we'll get to all that. But sis, you've got skeletons. (laughs) You know what I was kind of thinking, too, is that at this point in her life, like things are going so great that like that's the kind of thing that would get you to that level of anger because you're not angry enough on a day to day basis. You know, mm-hmm. like if if you're not used to being made angry, then something that's kind of silly and trivial is going to set you off to that level. It's like displaced. The privilege. I, yeah. The privilege. I, I forget who said. I think it's Dina who's like, I would love to live in Teresa's head for a day, and it's like during this point in time, yeah, I would too. It looks like so much fun. She just like has a wad of cash on her at all time and just shops and takes her babies around and puts them in different accessories. Like it's so cute. It's just it's a different different life. So uh, Dana says to Danielle, you know, she says, I'm not an innocent part in any of this. I cannot stomach you. And then this is like my favorite line from Danielle. She like takes a sip of wine and she's like very just cool about it. She's like, sweetie, the feeling is very mutual. It's like you told her. <laughs> so the fight kind of is just like winding down at this point. They're like all still arguing with each other, but like it's obviously like once the table has been flipped, like that's the climax. Um and then ultimately Jacqueline's husband and Dina Caroline's brother, he kind of just says like everyone calm down, like you're all acting like a bunch of idiots. We should all just be happy that like we're healthy and we're together and we're having a great dinner everyone. Yeah, it was it he actually makes like a really good series of points which is like, you know, we have our health and you know like it, the book isn't really that big of a deal in the grand scheme of things and says which I thought was really funny like uh you know Danielle you're welcome in my home at any time which if you go to the description of season two episode one it's like Chris tells Jacqueline that Danielle is he doesn't feel comfortable with Danielle in his home and it's like my how the tables have turned (laughs) within like the season one break I forgot that I have this because this absolutely had me dying in my notes that in the bonus episode uh, they have a talking ash everybody gets talking heads in the bonus episode by the way basically except for the, the except for Teresa's kids uh everybody's got talking heads and Ashley's is she first she goes like only Teresa could make a table flip look hot and then says uh like Teresa went up to her and Jacqueline later and were like oh like was I classy at least did I look good and they were like no Teresa you weren't classy you just flipped a table like that's what they say to her they're like no Teresa you weren't classy are you kidding us (laughs) oh bless Teresa that's just like sweet pure really hoping for the best out of that weird situation she put herself in so <laughs> so yeah it kind of wraps up I mean people are still tense like things are the situation is still tense but it sort of just like zooms in on each person and gives a little like where are they now um so Z- uh, Dina's first and it just says that she's enjoying being a housewife again she devotes her time to her charity her family and her cats yep sick life love that Um, And then Teresa has her last little talking head. And again, she's like, I consider myself a very classy woman. And that's just not like me. And I don't think I could hurt a fly. Bitch, I beg to differ with those guns. Hello? I know. Uh, And so then Teresa's little, um, where is she now? She's still helping her daughter Gia with her acting career. Her new bubbies did the trick. And she and Joe are expecting. Yo, I am not, I, I don't know the math on this. But I am not not convinced that this baby was not conceived as a result of this night <laughs> that night I swear to god there was a there was an episode of real housewives of potomac this season that it was like a really tense it, 
I can't go into that whole story now. It's a whole big mess. But like it was a very weird situation where we know the couple had sex because she told us. And then it ended up being like that was the conception date. And it's like, why do I know when your baby was conceived? Anyway, <laughs> could you imagine that this baby was that Adriana, poor Adriana was born out of like conceived out of weird rage? Weird. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't bode well for like your Not future. Um, Caroline has a last little talking head. So I, hey, did you catch this? Cause I wrote this down, but I haven't rewatched it since I've taken my notes. Did she say Danielle owes Danielle oh, wait, an I apology? Haven't watched it. I didn't get to that part in the episode. Okay. So I, I'm actually curious. I forgot to go back and check, but I. So that's what I wrote down is that she said, Danielle owes Danielle an apology. And maybe Dina owes her one too. It was a little tip in for In fairness, tap. their names could, especially with the intensity of their accents, those names could be kind of interchangeable I know I was having a really hard time mm-hmm. taking notes because I would I normally I will do the first initial but obviously they're both D and then I was trying to do Dina and Danny but it's like okay so those are just the vowels switched that's not helpful so I would have to like type out yep. Danielle every time and I'm like this sucks <laughs> this sucks yeah it was it was a pain just, in the ass. just um, I mean, either way like all that to say that it it their names might be interchanged in Caroline's mind or they just sounded similar enough. Yeah, I'm going to go back and watch like the end half of this episode again, just mostly to hear the Danny Elfman music. But I'll look out for that too. And who knows if I'll put an episode, like put it in the episode Who knew if Danny Elfman's out here making scores for Bravo shows? Who knew? (laughs) Just ghost ghost scoring. He's just raking in all of the money wherever he can. He did the Desperate Housewives score, so it's not that out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, it's it's really not that that far off. Um, So Caroline's little where is she now thing is like, Caroline stands by her decision to expose the book. She says she would do it again. It would be, or you mean mean for the first time? So. Yeah, and so she didn't even get, like, anything that's going on with her real life. They should have been, like, Caroline's dog is doing great at its training. That would have actually been interesting because everything else about her life is the same. I don't don't know. Who knows? (laughs) Um, Danielle's is just, Danielle continues to look for her soulmate. She and Dina still go to the same hair salon but have not crossed paths. And then Jacqueline. So Jacqueline, this is wild that Caroline says this. Like, she goes up to her and she says, you're hurting my parents. You know you're really hurting? (laughs) Our parents. My parents. And it's like, yeah, they're disagreeing with you publicly. Like, I'm telling you, Caroline is the reason I stopped dating. Part of the reason I stopped dating Italian guys. Because, like, it's that level of, like, intra-family closeness to that level that I'm like, I don't have the patience Mm -hmm. for that. (laughs) Yeah, it's a lot. And I actually, I love what uh, Jacqueline says. She says, family or not, what's right is right and what's true yeah, is true. Yeah, I mean, so, listen. That's a good motto to have. It's so interesting to see all of these people at least pretend to be or at least be in this point of their life so principled because it's all downhill from here. And so then Jacqueline and Chris are expecting baby number four and the pregnancy has brought the family closer together again. Yeah for them I mean there was a whole thing too about she was having fertility struggles and she had four miscarriages prior to this which is a whole thing too because she had had one a month prior to all of this happening which I'm like I want to know how much Danielle was actually a good friend through that but yeah who knows so then that's the end of the episode so we'll go into the where are they nows um so starting with our girl Teresa because obviously she's the most interesting 
We'll start with our, our girls' legal troubles. Um, on July 29th, 2013, Teresa and Joe were charged with conspiracy to commit mail fraud, wire fraud, and bank fraud, making false statements on loan applications and bankruptcy fraud. Yeah, I mean, which is interesting because the show was so much of what was used against them. Because you're claiming bankruptcy while you're living in this mansion and paying for all this shit with cash. Like, clearly you've got the money, so. Yeah, I think eventually they withdrew their, like, bankruptcy petition because it's like, what about this house? And they're like, just kidding. Right, like, all of this shit that you're flaunting on national television. Like, come on. So in uh, March of 2014, both Teresa and Joe entered into a guilty plea uh, to 41 counts of fraud. It was a plea deal. Um, And then in October of that year, 2014, Teresa was sentenced to 15 months in federal prison and Joe was sentenced to 41 months. Teresa began her sentence on January 5th, 2015, and she was released early on January 23rd, 2015. So she didn't even serve a whole year. But our girl served her time at the Orange is the New Black Prison, the Danbury Federal Correctional Institution. Sure did. So what I love is that Teresa claims that she was the inspiration for the plot line in Orange is the New Black, where like the famous person goes to prison when it was clearly Martha Stewart. Clearly Martha Stewart because of like all of the very obvious context clues that made it Martha Stewart. But also if you read the book, it was literally, well, Martha Stewart didn't end up going to Danbury. It was like, there was like a, significant portion of the book revolves around like there was like a custody battle so to speak over Martha Stewart between Danbury and the one in West Virginia uh which is where she ended up going but either way Teresa no it was absolutely a hundred percent you were not an influence to this at all like that's so (laughs) sweet that you thought that but no but I'm just really amazed more by like the absolute privilege of being told okay you and your husband can serve back-to-back sentences mm-hmm. instead of simultaneous sen- sentences like because if you were probably poor and or brown they would not have been treated yeah. as fairly um, yeah this actually that jail sentence though does factor a significant portion into Teresa and Joe's marital troubles uh so Teresa's mom died shortly after she got out of jail and so she talks a lot on the show about how she's very resentful of the only time she'll really admit to being resentful of joe besides like going to prison in general is the fact that she didn't get to spend time with her mother before she died because her mom did Mm -hmm. wasn't sick like i think she just it was like an unexpected relatively unexpected death so it that's kind of heartbreaking to watch Plus, I forgot the context which I brought this up last time, but also Joe called her a cunt on national television later on while on the phone with his mistress. So, uh, yeah. fuck him. <laughs> Cannot stress that enough. So, yeah, Joe Joe is also facing deportation back to Italy because he is not an American citizen, even though he was brought here as, like, a one-year-old child. He never got his citizenship, so now he's dealing with an ICE case yeah, on top of that. Yeah, and that was his own fault because Teresa is a citizen, so there was a period of time that he would have been able to file, and we're talking like a five-year period, that he would have been able to file to become a citizen and just didn't. And yes, for those of you who are keeping score, Teresa did try to use her tenuous Trump connection as a, a Celebrity Apprentice cast member to try to sway things in her favor for her husband to stay in the United States. And it 
is still in limbo. So I guess we'll see. (laughs) So yes, outside of the legal troubles, Teresa's also co-authored three cookbooks. Um, They include some recipes that have been handed down from her mother. She also co-authored a memoir because she couldn't write it by herself. Uh, (laughs) Turning the Tables from Housewife to Inmate and Back Again, (laughs) which was released in 2016. Uh, In 2017, she released another book called Standing Strong. And then also, as you mentioned, she was on The Celebrity Apprentice 5, and she came in fifth place. Yeah, I mean, she did pretty well for herself. And, I mean, don't bother watching The Celebrity Apprentice. It's exhausting. And so also in May 2017, she opened a restaurant with her brother and sister-in-law, Joe and Melissa Gorga, called Gorga's Homemade Pasta and Pizza. It closed later that year. Which reminds me of Flav's Fried Chicken <laughs> from January 2011th to April 2011. Oh my gosh. And I'm pretty sure that's the one that Joe, because uh, Teresa's brother is also named Joe. Not that I'm in a position to judge. My brother and my husband are both named Michael. So, uh, But uh, they, like he brings Melissa to the restaurant. Melissa's his wife, Teresa's sister-in-law. And as under the guise of, I think, being like, oh, I'm thinking about buying it. But he's like, no, I already bought it. Like... <laughs> I'm opening a restaurant and Teresa's and the whole storyline because Teresa can't agree with Melissa for anything is like Melissa's being like hey this is kind of fucked up he did this without consulting me and Teresa's like well that's what you do when you're married like that's what wives do you find out shit at the last minute and it's like nobody knows that better than you I get that but it's not a good way to live your life yeah so Now Teresa is apparently doing competitive bodybuilding, and that's what she's been up to since leaving prison. So good for her, I guess. Yeah, I mean, she looks great. I mean, she looked great before. Like, she, you know, just different. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this season one, new new Bubbies, Teresa, like, she looks like a knockout, but the whole, like, bronzed oil-up bodybuilding. She doesn't look as, like, what's so incredible, apparently, about Teresa is that you can, she can change her body any way she wants, and it doesn't look unnatural. So, yeah. like, that's incredible. She doesn't look, like, roided no, out. No, she looks yeah. just, like, toned. Like, regular toned. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, that's what everybody's goal is, I think, when you go to the gym, is to not look, like, hulking massive, but to have that strength and that tone. I, God bless. <laughs> uh, so that's it for Teresa. Next, I'll just do Caroline Manzo really quickly because hers is really short. Um, she left the show after the fifth season to begin filming her spinoff, Manzoed with Children, which, like I mentioned, only ran for three, se- uh, three, yeah, three seasons. Um, in 2013, she released a book called Let Me Tell You Something. And she is a grandmother. Her first grandchild was born in February of 2017. Yeah, follow Lauren Manzo on Instagram because that baby is so cute. She's so funny. <laughs> Uh, and then Dina, Dina left the show after season two, although she was brought back for season six as a main housewife, but then she um, moved to California, so she ended up I literally don't remember. I, I knew that she came back. I remember her coming back, but I don't remember her storyline at all. Like, she may as well have been a friend of and just happened to get an actual, like, castmate salary, I guess. So good for her, but. Good for her. <laughs> Uh, in 2011, she hosted a party planning series called Dina's Party on HGTV, but it was canceled after two seasons. She also runs Project Ladybug, which is a nonprofit that helps children diagnosed with cancer and their families to pay for medical bills and other expenses, which is mm-hmm. great, like awesome yeah. for her. And she seems like about it, about it. Like, I, I buy it. 
Yeah. And also she released a skincare line in 2016 called Glow by Dina. She looks great, so I'd buy her skincare. It's also worth noting that Dina and Caroline no longer speak. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that was the thing that you were telling me last time. I don't really know the full extent of why they had a falling out. I mean, at the beginning, it was kind of like, well, we're siblings and like with this many siblings, I I think there's like a statement coincidentally made like that during the course of the show where it's like, you know, there's always going to be some drama when there's this many people, like this many family members involved. But this has been like an ongoing thing. And I the last I read was that Dina was like she felt like the show changed Caroline. Mm, I can see that. I mean, I don't know what that means exactly but it's that's why they apparently do not have a relationship currently and have not for several years so yeah uh besides that um dina separated from her husband the manzo brother in 2012 and their divorce was finalized in 2016 um as of 2017 at least or like well like at least by 2017 she had a new boyfriend named dave canton because they were victims of a robbery at mm, her home it sounds really horrifying too if you hear the details about yeah. it it's bad and then in 20 as of 2019 it's been like insinuated on her instagram that she and dave are married but like nothing concrete that i could find yeah. i mean she seems to be i mean minus that obviously very severe situation things seem to be going pretty good for her and then for Jacqueline, she left the show after season five, returned for season seven, but permanently left after that. Uh, she also co-wrote a book. It's called Get It, The Busy Girl's Guide to Getting Your It Together, a beauty style and wellness See, was- book. Yeah, there are like two colons in this book title. <laughs> That's, that is terrible. But like there are people, there are housewives that I would agree to, that I would be like, oh yeah, like I'd really love to get life advice from you. Jacqueline is so far from one of them. I like so much about her life. I'm like, I mean, she found a really good man. I would probably get a relationship book from her, but like, other than that, no. <laughs> yeah. Does she have her it together? No, Who knows? it doesn't really seem like it. Uh, so her first grandchild was born in August 2016. So that was Ashley with an L E E's first also kid. Also very cute. And then in 2019, so later, just earlier this year, she moved back to Las Vegas with her husband and her two sons. I swear to God, I, I, literally, to family. I literally didn't know that. Like, I, I, the first I, time I found out about this was the last time we recorded. I was stunned. <laughs> uh, the only other thing about her that was interesting, so the there's a, there's a storyline in a couple seasons where the two Manzo boys, Chris and Albie, and Chris Larita, Jacqueline's husband, buy into this black water, the BLK water. It's alkaline water. It looks like sludge. It's gross. I mean, I, don't, I haven't tried it. I'm too scared. Uh, but there was a bit of a controversy because, as I mentioned before, uh, Jacqueline and Chris's son is on the spectrum. And they tried to claim that, like, he was his... He was becoming... He wasn't... He was... I don't really know the language, so please don't roast me, anybody who's listening to this. But basically that he was like, and I'm not, that he was like, his symptoms were like improving. Basically trying to say that the Mm -hmm. black water was making him more neurotypical and yeah, (laughs) can't really make those kinds of claims. So Yeah, that's not great for a couple of reasons. (laughs) Numerous reasons, right. It's not. not, Yeah. I 
Jacqueline. Not one of my faves, for sure. So, but other than that, seems like they're doing doing yeah, all no, right. I'm sure, probably flourishing. That's fine. Uh, and then Danielle, Danielle left after season two, but she's been a friend of since season seven. So I guess she's just like on the show, oh, but not making all the money she she could be making. Came back, brought all the drama. It's like it was such a weird thing because she's one of those people where she's so frustrating to watch, but at the same time, I was so thrilled to have her back because the level of mess that she brings, oh, <laughs> I love it. So she wrote a memoir in 2011 called The The Naked Truth, which was basically supposed to be like an answer to a cop without a badge. Um, Her ex-husband threatened a lawsuit for her making false allegations in the memoir, but I didn't really see how that shook out. So I guess it's fine. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I feel like she's one of those people who's constantly getting sued by people, so... I can see that. Uh, 20, 2011 was a busy year for her. Um, so she also that same year was on a reality TV show on VH1 along with other reality TV star icon Heidi Montag. Uh, it was called Famous Food and they were supposed to revamp a restaurant from the ground up, but I don't think it ever got that very big. That sounds like a recipe, no pun intended, a recipe for disaster. <laughs> <laughs> You wouldn't trust Danielle would, Staub and Heidi would, Montag to, like, redo your restaurant? I would them to do anything, but, like, give me, <laughs> like, literally, I wouldn't even, tr- bad boob job advice? I don't know. Like, that's all I could trust them to do. Um, also, in 2011, she signed a three-year deal with Scores Gentlemen's Club, where she was supposed to appear as a fully nude stripper and star in adult online content, which I was like, you go, girl. Like, I love it. I love happy, consensual sex yes. work. But this doesn't seem to be the case because days after signing her contract, she announced that she was seeking psychological and addiction treatment and reneged on her end of the deal. Yikes. Not great. Not at all. She also filed for bankruptcy in 2012. Um, and then in May 2017, it was announced that she was engaged to Marty Caffrey. The two wed in May 2018. And then in August 2018, it was announced that the couple would divorce. Yeah, I've never seen a friend of get so much treatment because, like, the whole wedding was covered because she was such a bridezilla, like, on the show. And I think Teresa, because now she's friends with Teresa. That's, like, the biggest news from all of this is that her <laughs> and Teresa are friends now. And... Teresa, Melissa, and new housewife, my personal favorite housewife of all time, Marge, were all bridesmaids in this wedding, and it was a nightmare watching the whole thing get together, Uh, but now she's divorced from this guy who's still on the show, kind of, and, like, he's, they wouldn't, he wouldn't move out of the house, he was claiming squatters' rights, it was a whole big to-do, it was... Oh, but I'm I'm thrilled she's back. I say that I say all that, and I'm thrilled she's back. So yeah, the the tenth season of the show, I believe, should be airing. I guess tomorrow, if you're listening to this on the day that this episode comes Yay. out. So I guess see what happens with Danielle that way. Words, see how that in shakes the words out. Of Marie Kondo, I am excited because I love mess. <laughs> All right, so that pretty much wraps it up. So my question, of course, always is, does it hold up? Is it worth a rewatch? What do you say, having watched this show back in the day when it was airing, is it still have that same kind of, like, magic that season one sparkled these days? Not only does it, it honestly has, like, a different magic just because you know, because it's still airing. So it's interesting to see the progression 
of who these people become or became. And it's just so entertaining. Plus, it's just such a slice of time, you know, the late 2000s, like the weird nouveau riche in the midst of the recession. I don't know. I just find it very Mm -hmm. fascinating. Obviously, if I wasn't so fascinated by the 2000s, wouldn't have my own podcast that revolves around them. But I mean, I just I thought it's very entertaining. If you like garbage reality TV, Real Housewives of New Jersey is one of the best. It just yeah, it it just stays shining in its garbage. I think the question for you now that you've never watched any of it before is like, would you actually go back and watch it? I would. I I like Housewives. I'm so surprised by how much I enjoy Housewives because it was something that I was so adverse to for so long. But like once I started watching it for the show, I was like, oh, okay, I, I can the see thing the appeal. Is like the people who people who hate them, no offense, but like it, people who dislike the, dislike them currently, like are taking them way too seriously. I'm not watching this because <laughs> I'm trying to learn or like better myself in any way. I'm just like want to shut my brain off for a couple hours and watch people yell at each other like it's so stupid but it just it brings me joy it's yeah it's stupid but also it's not like painfully stupid like some like Riverdale I mean I I, I haven't watched an episode of that so I can't speak to that I, I just it's so dumb I thought it's the so dumb was just like watching like good-looking people like fake bang like, I thought that that was the point of that. <laughs> yeah, but they're, like, supposed to be teenagers, so it's people weird. Are, everybody's disgusting. Of course people are into that. <laughs> yeah. It's just, I don't know. I may funny. check it out. It's, that's, like, my go-to fake I bad I may TV check it out show. now because I love Lily Reinhardt in Hustlers. So I got to I gotta check it out. <laughs> All right, Sonia. So where can the people find you? Where can the people find your podcast? Yes. If you want to say a little bit about it. I mean, I you've been on the show before, and we've talked about it, but if you want to give a little... Two second descriptor. Oh gosh, two seconds. Um, well, I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, real quick, real quick. Uh, so uh, I'm the co-host of Rewind the Love. We talk about the celeb reality era of VH1. We are currently talking about I Love New York season one. We just had Riley on, so go listen to that. We we also, if you're a regular listen of this show uh, you may recognize a couple of my guests Uh, we do have some guest overlap Uh, and Mm -hmm. yeah if you like that kind of garbage from the 2000s also you know check us out it's me and my husband reviewing episodes with guests and you can find me on twitter at at Sonia Marie says Sonia with an I and this was so much fun (laughs) I love this I love talking about garbage it's so much fun (laughs) It was so good. Thank you for doing this uh, yes. twice now with me. Let's all hope and pray that everything goes well. It's still recording, so right. that's a good like sign. I, like I said uh, when you told me, don't threaten me with a good time. I'll talk about Housewives all <laughs> day. All right. Well, I will definitely have to have you back on again sometime soon, talking about oh, some other Housewives or Trash TV. Left, but well, I'll have to, there's I'll so have to much. Think it over, but I'm sure there's something. There's endless. Anytime, anytime I worry about running out of garbage reality TV show, I like discover some <laughs> other thing that I never have heard of, and I was like, I'll yes. be good. All right, and you can find this podcast um, on all podcast listening platforms. Uh, if you want to follow me on Facebook, I'm at Snapback to Reality Podcast. I'm at Snapback to Reality Pod on Instagram at really underscore Riley for my personal Instagram. And you can find uh, if you want to email me, I'm at snapbackpodcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, thank you again for doing this. Thank you all for listening and have a great day. Bye.